What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to I Came With Fire podcast. Tonight, it is Popcorn Podcast number six with me, your boy, Brandon, and your boy, Zach. Are you ready, Zach? I am. I just want to say again, please, there were, there were, there were several more subscribers on YouTube. I appreciate it. I don't know if it's random. I don't know if you heard me say it and you went there and clicked that button. Either way, thank you. (laughs) Thank you to everybody for subscribing. But yeah, if you listen and you don't hit the subscribe button, just do it. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't charge. I don't know if you can listen and not hit the subscribe button. Because if you're listening, you'd hear us say, hit the subscribe button. That's true. You would hit it. It's like minimal effort on your part. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Absolutely. But anyway, for those of you who don't know what it is, Popcorn Podcast, Zach and I are going to ask each other questions. Neither of us know what questions we're going to ask each other. Um, But then we're just going to answer and uh, see what kind of conversation comes out of all that. Zach, mm-hmm. have we have we told everybody have we told everybody that the podcast is like kind of changing because of your uh, your orders? I think we've alluded to it. We've hinted to it. We've said that Didn't like we? we should close soon, but I don't think we've gone into like depth as to what's happening yeah. or whatever you want. Yeah. Well, if everybody, anybody, yeah, I mean, if you're cool with it, Zach yeah. is moving to my area. So thanks, Uncle Sam. Um, but Zach and I are definitely going to be able to do this in person here mm-hmm. pretty soon. And, uh, you know, you'll get to see Zach and I sitting next to each other, holding hands, being cute, all that stuff, and uh, doing this podcast in person. So I'm pretty freaking stoked about it. I it'll, uh, Yeah, dude. It'll change things up. I think I think it'll make things better. You it, know? Almost, it almost lines up. It's a couple of weeks after the one-year anniversary of I Came With Fire, episode one. It's like, That's actually uh, true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like pretty close. I don't know if I'll be there before then. So we'll probably hit our mm-hmm. one year. I, th- I think we hit our one year like six or seven episodes before yeah. I'll be there. But yeah, yeah. We, uh, and w- when Brandon says soon, he means like it's like six to seven months from now. But it is soon. It is soon. Yeah. I thought it was less than that. Uh, my projected departure date's one June. So I'll be there mid-June. Ah. I don't know. I don't know why I thought you were coming in April for some reason. Uh, no, April's when my daddy leave will like end. End of April's when daddy leave will finish. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, boring ass shit. Yeah. But no, it'll, it's changing up, and I'm excited about it. But likewise, uh, yeah. Popcorn Podcast Six. This is the OG Popcorn Podcast. I don't care what your mama told you. This is the OG Popcorn Podcast. Zach knows what I'm talking about. And if you're an OG listener, you know what I'm talking about too. Mm. But uh, we won't jump into all that mess. So, uh, uh, Zach, I'm gonna kick it off this time because <laughs> you, you were about to tell me. To <laughs> I just no, told I was, you started it today. No, I was, me- I know, I was messing with you. I was right, waiting to see right. your reaction. Um, but yeah, okay. First question, dog. Mm. Let's see. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna jump in. So that Epstein list just came out. Mm-hmm. today like a bigger one yeah yeah like four hours ago Do, right i've already seen some shit man and so uh there's some big names yeah <laughs> there's some big names which is no surprise to anybody who's who's been paying attention but my question to you is do you actually think anything will like come out of it like will it amount to anything no 
And it why not? Because the, the list doesn't prove the mm-hmm. a crime has been committed. It just proves yeah. that Epstein had them there mm-hmm. on his island. Right. That's it. Because like you, big names have already said they've been to the island and nothing's happened to them. Like Bill Gates, mm-hmm. he said he's been to the island. We know yeah. Bill Clinton's been to the island. Yeah, his his. Oh yeah, but I saw there's some um, like testimony that was released talking about how Bill uh, told Jeff that he likes him young. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me, but yeah, I don't know. That kind of stuff still, I feel like, is like circumstantial because actually, it's just testimony, and again, it doesn't necessarily yeah. prove anything. Testimony is actually like proven in court usually to be like eighty percent wrong. Like testimonies are not good mm-hmm. um, stuff. You need like hard evidence, like physical evidence, or um, way better evidence than just someone saying, "Yeah, I saw him." Or whatever, or I saw. Well, this. it's like if you ever, if you've ever gone and like interviewed people, if something happened, and go to a bar, for example, and there was mm-hmm. a fight that happened, and maybe a couple of people left that were involved in the fight and did some damage to the bar, you could ask like twenty different people to describe the people fighting, and you're gonna get like eight or nine different descriptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that I've I've experienced this. You're like, what color was the car? And very often, unless it's like something obscure that you don't normally see, like, like a car color in, like or yellow something. or something. Yeah. Right, exactly. It could be like silver, black, gray, and people are like, "Oh man, it could have been silver, black, or gray." I think it was a Nissan Altima. It was like a sedan. Like and silver, telling black, you, gray is like ninety percent of all cars. Right. So it's like, thanks. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just like one of those things, man. Like people see shit happen in front of him and because it's happening and it's crazy and it's not common and your adrenaline Mm -hmm. starts going your brain is not retaining that information it's kind of like when cops have to use their weapon in the line of duty most of the time you listen to them talk they don't remember how many rounds they fired Mm -hmm. you know and i I mean i can tell you like having having fought for my own life i don't even remember some of those you know the details of that situation like people have told me what happened and i'm like fuck i don't even remember that you know, I so responded to an incident in like anyway. early afternoon. Sun was still up and everything, mm-hmm. and to me, it felt like mm-hmm. twenty minutes. And next, you know, it was like yeah, it was like midnight. I was like, "What the hell?" Like, right? Because it, it's I've had situations you're going like autopilot that. mode. You're just doing things, and next thing you know, you're like, "What the heck? Like, I remember I was like leaving the garden out room after I turned in. I was like, mm-hmm. "Where the hell am I? What did I just do? Like, I don't even know what's going on." Right? Yeah. Definitely. No, I don't. I don't think it's that like that, but no. from that Epstein list. If anything, it'll just it'll just let the public know of the names, and then you'll get like some public uproar about, well, why are you on the list? Explain yourself, and you'll get people who will come out and apologize for very little things, if anything at all, or they'll say, "Oh, mm-hmm. I was at the island years before, whenever that potentially happened." Yeah, or they'll oh, yeah. they'll disassociate. They'll counter accuse. There'll be some really mundane reason why they were on the list. Whatever. Is it, did you, it's like the E4 Mafia motto, dude. Deny, yeah. deny, deny, make counter accusations. Yeah. That's all I got to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, and the thing is, too, I was, because I, I agree with you completely. I don't think anything is going to come out of this list and seeing certain names. Like mm-hmm. People are going to drag people's names through the mud. People are going to say what they want on social media. There's going to be newspaper articles written. There's going to be all kinds of shit. 
but nothing's going to happen. And even if these people like try to like save face and come out and be like, oh, I was on the plane because we were talking about some sort of like humanitarian or philanthropic thing. And mm-hmm. I did take money from him, but it went to the, you know, the missing shoe fund for for kids, for homeless kids, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, you're never going to know. And those people have a lot of those people are very, very rich, famous, you know, actors, politicians, yeah. there's members of the royal family, you know, they could just completely fade into obscurity. No yep. problem. You know, yep. they and have the power and matter. money to so, disappear. Yeah. And here's the thing, man, like, I think for the longest time, like when he first got arrested and then when he died in jail, but really when like Ghislaine Maxwell got arrested, I think everybody was like, oh shit, here it comes. You know, like she's going to, she's going to drop all these names. And then they, they didn't release anything. I think people were expecting it to be some like major catalyst for like change and like revolutionary change, like completely like getting rid of the upper crust and like, you know, pushing it away forever mm-hmm. and that's not going to happen and i think a lot of people are going to be super disappointed with the outcome and i'll say this too like there's so many situations that are i thought were like red lines for us as a group of people like americans you know what i mean that just don't seem to be the red lines that they are if if protecting kids isn't a red line you know, if, if human trafficking isn't a red line, then like, what is, mm-hmm. and it's the whole like frog in the boiling water thing, you know, it's just, they're not going to do anything about it until it's too late. And everybody, I feel like was expecting this Epstein list to be some sort of change, you know, catalyst to use that word again. And it just yeah. isn't going to be, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it I think it's been too obscure for too long. So like the hype is super high. That too. And so like people are just expecting like, there's gotta be some juicy stuff in there and it's going to come out. And it's just going to be a list of names and you're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And, uh, some, something, well, yeah. I'll, and most I'll, of them- something I'll say here though, is, you know, that like tomorrow for the next week, maybe the next like week mm-hmm. or two, that's going to be like the news. It's going to be all mm-hmm. over things. It's going to be the talking point. But that makes me think, like, didn't the judge, the judge who said he was releasing it, didn't he say, like, a couple of days ago he was releasing it today? Like, this is, mm-hmm. this was out yeah, of the blue. It for a while. Not just a couple of days. Okay. But, like, how long ago was it announced? Do you know? That they were going to release it on or in early January? I want to say yeah. it was definitely before Christmas. Okay, but it's not it's a, like a long time. a little time. bit of anticipation. Okay. No, there was some anticipation, but not like a crazy amount. So part of me is wondering if maybe this, they've had the list for years. They've been sitting on it. Mm-hmm. What if this is just like, uh, hey, look, the list. And then over here, something else happens and you were too busy oh, yeah, worrying about a list. And you didn't see it. It's like That's... the whole, it's like the freaking sub thing that happened. The ocean blue thing. Mm-hmm. The whole world is just fascinated with these five Mm -hmm. rich people who died on their way to go see the Titanic for like a month. Like that was insane. And Mm -hmm. nothing else was newsworthy the whole month. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't even tell you what happened when that went on, but I do remember a lot of other, you know, open source news networks, right? Or news people on 
social media were like, here's what happened while you were distracted by the Titanic thing. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what it was. It's, it's always something. Yep. But you're right. That's how this works, man. This is like, look at the puppet. Look at the puppet over here while you know we're doing this over here behind the curtain, the whole mm-hmm. Oz thing. And um, you know, it's it's always like that. It becomes it's become this like thing where like if if something big is being propped up as news for a long period of time, it's like one of those things was like you need to go and look and see what else is happening while you're talking about this because it's a distraction. And like you asked, like, how long have we known like the the list was going to come out? Well, here's the thing, man. Why even redact names in the first place? Like, I know that they've redacted names that are like of victims, and that I totally understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're protecting people. Mm-hmm. Um, but why in the absolute fuck are we redacting names of criminals? Like, to me, it's just like an alleged criminals, right? Why on earth would you even do that? The only thing like, I sure think you could, of. Like, or I've heard someone. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is that whoever that person was, like it's John Doe. John Doe's name is redacted because during the investigative process, John Doe had a lot of other juicier information for him. So it's like a deal. Mm. Like through John Doe, your out? name gets wiped. We now get to go look at something else. But that's the thing is, uh, you and I and the average. Mm-hmm human being average american is never going to know the contents of what john doe knew that's going to mm-hmm. lead to something else that like maybe five six ten years ago the freedom of information act request that we'll find out and that's what's funny is the u.s government's notorious for like people will submit a freedom of information act and you'd be like wow the u.s government did this 10 years ago this is insane well all right never mind what well, happened a long time ago so let's just keep going but like in 10 years from now, you're going to do a Freedom of Information Act on this. You're going to read it and go, what the heck? What a John Doe? That's so insane. And then you're going to go, ah, whatever, it's 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> If they even approve your if they even yeah. approve your FOIA request in the first place. But yeah, that's true. I would, I would say to like what you said, I would say to that, like, what big arrests have you seen? What big like shutdowns of, you know, child, you know, trafficking things you that won't. you've seen happen like you won't right well that's what i'm getting at like i, I don't it even could think be happening that, but you'll never know i just don't believe it i just don't think it is happening because the the people that are on that list like it's been so high profile mm. you would think that some of these agencies wouldn't be like even if it's john doe somebody you've never heard of or like a super like d-list celebrity right wouldn't you think that you'd want to tie it to Hey, this is the biggest one of the biggest scandals we've ever seen in this country. Here's what we're doing about it. Because that's the question everybody wants to know is what are you doing about it to keep people safe? And so like what you're saying, like I just I don't think that could be the reason personally. I think that it's more like um they're redacting or keeping like certain names hidden because maybe that person is, you know, I don't know, super important in some fucking way. Mm-hmm. that's my i guess you know it could also be maybe something that, along but... the lines of so what are they do, so, so what are they doing about it let's say they do everything that they actually mm-hmm. can about it that could also lead to widespread panic and it could also show the true capabilities of the u.s government to the people right like wow mm-hmm. the u.s government can can do this like holy crap that's scary right 
Mm-hmm. Or like they know all this information all the time. Like that's really weird. Or it's the complete opposite. They're not going to do anything about it because the U.S. government needs you to think they could at any time. But absolute, but they actually have like no ability to do anything in this incident because they don't actually have any power. But they need you to think they still do. So it's like a we'll never know, and we're just spitting ideas. But it's the people in power, no matter what the power is, want to maintain power, and they'll use deceitfulness. They'll use trickery. They'll use lying. They'll use whatever they need to, to maintain it. So whatever the reason is, has to be enough to keep whoever's in power, still in power. I kind of feel like it's sort of what you're saying, but the people that they leave these names redacted that aren't like victims, they are in charge of something or control something in some way that they know that like for the time being, they can't be replaced perhaps. But then again, you know, I'm just talking in circles, but these people have known who they, who they are for a long time. There's money, there's power, there's connections, there's really, really big names that are all tied up in this. You know, Rothschild, Bill Gates, um, you know, Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know, the list goes on. Even Chris Tucker, right? All these, all these names that are on this list and are on the flight logs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just don't think. Going back to my original thought. This is not going to be the catalyst that like a lot of people think it it should be or, or thought know. it was going to be. Mm-mm. And like, believe me, man, I'm all for like putting the guillotine out in the middle of the town square and like getting rid of people. But it's not going to be that. And I don't think anything is going to be that anymore. I, I just to me, things like I said, that I thought were red lines aren't red lines for not they're, They certainly aren't for enough people. Um, for some sort of action and there's just not enough to essentially spur people into action to to organize to do anything about anything you know i mean people have people have done some things you know we everybody got super mad about you know bud light and the whole dylan mulvaney thing yeah it's so much that the stock crashed everybody got pissed off about the super woke Snow White that was coming out because Rachel Ziegler is absolutely insufferable sitting there listening to her talk about how it's not even Snow White anymore. People got pissed and Disney yanked the the trailer and all this other shit. It didn't Mm -hmm. come out when it was supposed to come out. So like the only way you're really going to see change is, is doing it with your pocketbook. That's a good way to do it. You know, everybody got mad at Target about the crap they were coming out with, Mm -hmm. you know, tuck, tuck underwear for freaking toddlers and all kinds of weird shit that shouldn't exist. Yeah. And um, so speaking speaking with your money is is how you're going to do it. But you have to get enough people. Like everybody thinks that Tom. I know Tom Hanks is one of those that you know everybody's like, oh man, that dude's a creep now after seeing his name on the list and some of the mm-hmm. other shit that's come out. Like, don't go see his movies. Don't go see his movies. Don't buy any books he comes out with. Don't buy. You know. Don't don't watch any Netflix shows he stars in like all Mm -hmm. that's how you're going to speak about it, you know, but at the end of the day, you're really just kind of removing them from the public eye. doesn't change anything. You're not affecting policy really, you know, and even then like everybody's mad at Disney and got mad at Disney for a lot of things rightfully, but there, I just saw today they're having uh, another star Wars movie come out. It's directed by, it's directed by a woman, which I don't care about, but she got like super made some super like 
big comment about how like it's time that women took direction of the story and you know made it about essentially about like feminism which is super unnecessary and it, i think it's just like detracting from the point of the story and i'm not even a big star wars fan like it, this could be anything but i like, think it's just pointless forget, to make it about like, the original trilogy and like leia being a, just a super badass like like, I guess. I'm I sorry, mean, literally, like, Ray, Ray in the new ones, you know, is is a it's a female lead character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's part of the the hero arc? Mm-hmm. And, but no, it's just like to me, anything making it about things that are immutable about you as a person. Why is it? Why does it matter? Why is it important? In in certain ways, it's important, but like not in things like that. You know, so yeah. but no, you don't go watch those movies. But it, it hasn't changed policy enough for them to, you know to stop doubling down on stupid shit. No one likes. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen with that one either. I kind of figured that was going to be your answer anyway, but yeah. Cool. I guess I will take the torch. It's my turn. Let's see here. So, um, you've kind of talked about how like you're on your way out the door from the air force. And I know mm-hmm. you later on, after you get out, you'll go into more in depth about like, your thoughts on the air force, all of those type of stuff. Um, but I'm sure. more, I'm kind of curious if you could maybe, so first off, how many years have you served when you get out? How many years will it be? 15, 15. Okay. So 15 is a large chunk of your life. A lot of friendships, a lot of memories, a lot of events, oh, yeah. a lot of travel, all type of stuff. My question for mm-hmm. you is, uh, what are you going to miss? Like, what are the positives about the Air Force um, or what it did in those 15 years that you're going to miss the most? Mm-hmm. Well, to, to talk about what I'm going to miss, I can't just talk about the 15 years. Okay. And I say that because I grew up as an Air Force brat. So the Air Force yeah. is really all I've known my whole life. Like, I remember my dad joining the military because he wasn't in when I was born. But the majority of my memories, like all my school age memories are, you know, when my dad had already joined mm-hmm. active duty. Right. And um, so it's like I said, it's all I've known my whole life. I've always shopped at a BX. You know, I've always shopped at a commissary. I've, I've always gone to, for the most part, uh, well, all of my like secondary education is always a base school. Um, I've always it, it's just. I'm used to jets flying overhead. I'm used to aircraft. I'm used to the smell of the flight line. I'm Mm -hmm. used to seeing people in uniform, you know, all this stuff. And like, that's not necessarily going away (laughs) because I mean, my, my wife is retired, so I'm going to be a dependent, which is kind of funny as wouldn't be. It's not my first time being a dependent. Used to be somebody's (laughs) kid dependent. Now I was going to be somebody's trophy husband dependent. But, um, house husband. No, not at all. But, (laughs) No, I think the biggest thing I'm going to miss, like, I'm not going to be serving. I'm not going to be there doing the job. Um, And I think that's more so like missing my idea of what I think or thought the Air Force was. Not to like jump into too much stuff about like how I disapprove of some of the ways it's changed. But um, there are a ton of great people in the military and I've known them my whole life. And I mean, hell, even when you and I were deployed, I remember, um, you know, a group of civilians came and visited us from a certain base. And the guy was like, 
hey, are you so-and-so's son? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, introduce. You know, it's just like it was crazy. You know what I mean? So the military community is super small. And um, I'm going to miss that too. And I'm going to miss, I guess, the camaraderie that like we have with one another, even though I feel like a lot of that has gone away unless you're like really in the shit with people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of camaraderie in my, my unit in Germany. Uh, but that, I think that had a lot to do with just the fact that everything was serious all the time. There was always a lot of crazy shit going on. Um, but um, I think I'm just going to – honestly, man, this is going to sound like super trite. But I'm going to miss putting the uniform on. I'm going to miss going to work. I'm going to miss – it's like what is that like hostage syndrome where like – Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> you start to sympathize with your captors. Yeah. Stockholm gonna, syndrome. It's like Stockholm yeah. syndrome. It's so weird. Like being on SkillBridge, like I've, I've started to like deconstruct my Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. And uh, it's like, man, like there's a phrase that's come to mind to me like recently is like, why fight for crumbs at a table when I can build my own table? And that's something I've sort of like put to my mind about like leaving the Air Force and making it easier to change and get out because like technically, I guess I could still change my mind and it's definitely crossed my mind to change my mind, but I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And it's for those reasons that, you know, we can have, we'll have a conversation with about someday, but the answer is 110% just people. And I have met all kinds of great people and not to say I can't meet great people when I start working in the civilian world, but it'll be different. And I know it'll be different. And there's a lot of jobs around here and a lot of jobs that have vets and, you know, I'm, I'll find people to relate to, but yeah, um, I'll miss that. The sense of the sense of purpose that comes with our job, knowing that something I'm doing is impacting somebody else somewhere and being a part of that like team mindset. I love that as well. And um, I, there's, I think there's just something sort of like, I don't know what I don't want to use the wrong word, but like spiritual or like it's just an a spirit decor, non physical <laughs> esprit de corps. Yeah. So it's like an esoteric thought about like the military, where it's like you can't know to know like a chocolate bar. I'm going to use an example I've heard before. You can either know it by eating it, or you can informationally know it by reading the ingredients, right? Those aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll miss being a part of it and, and quote unquote, like tasting the chocolate bar. And I'll miss a lot of the cool shit I've got to do. And a lot of the cool shit I've got to see and the cool people I've gotten to be around. Um, but yeah, I could sit here and probably talk for a long time about all the shit, but uh, just bore a bunch of people. But yeah, that's what I'll miss is I'll miss, I'll miss the people. For sure. Yeah. That's what almost everyone who's gone out usually says. They miss the people. They they miss the clowns, not mm-hmm. the circus. That's usually what they say. That's what I hear. They miss the clowns, Absolutely. not the circus. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite NCOs said to me that one day that this burning Ferris wheel called the Air Force, when I step off, it will keep spinning. And I, I've always remembered them saying that. Sergeant Newman, if you're if you're listening out there, I didn't forget that you said that. Because it's so fucking true, man. It's so mm-hmm. easy to get caught up in things like the going back to that Stockholm syndrome. You know, I said, how many times have I justified behavior, like things, people's behavior in the way they treated me because I've been able to espouse it to like, this is for the greater good. 
And it really isn't. And it's just because somebody's on some sort of ego power trip. And I've had to like deconstruct some of that shit and like take back some of, I guess, my humanity. And that might sound dramatic, but it isn't. It's the fucking truth. And, you know, so yeah, people, a lot of good people, a lot of bad people, but the Air Force will still be the Air Force with or without me. It's true. A lot of people, I think, they yeah. tend to, a lot of civilians, I, I would assume, they tend to not realize that, like, at their current job, they could just leave at any time. You don't like it, you can just go. Mm-hmm. It's not an option for a service member. Like, there's no. ways for you to, like, walk well, up to your leadership and be like, I want out. But it's not going to be fun for you. And it's not going to be, like, the next day. Definitely and it's not. not. And, like, none mm-hmm. of that's going to be, like, decent. But, like... It's like the story we were just talking about before we jumped on, bro. And I'm not going to like recount the entire thing, but I had to work for 90 days straight for 12 hours plus multiple times in my career because of of reasons. Yeah. Because of one person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because, because somebody made a dumb decision one day. Yeah. And there have been, there have been times where I have been at work straight, like literally in uniform for weeks and you can't. It's you can't fucking walk off unless mm-hmm. you want to go to jail, mm-hmm. and then you're stuck where you're at there too, you know. So it's just like anyways, is a real just, thing. I guess there's things that like <laughs> confinement is definitely a real thing. <laughs> it used yeah. to be in, it used to be down the hall from my office, um, and that's not fun. No nope. cross. Uh, no, but nah, man. I you're right. You just can't understand that unless like you've you've done that before. Yeah, you know. I've seen the and, memes uh, where it's and I don't, like when uh, I say I, when I say working, I just want to clarify when I say like working ninety days in a row. I'm not talking about deployed locations. That's different. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about just like regular job. Yeah. You know, twelve hours plus every day. Like deployed doesn't count. Like of course you're going to work every fucking day. But anyway, I've seen those memes where it's all like, "What keeps you at your job?" And it's like the UCMJ. <laughs> UCMJ yeah. facts, bro. Let's just let's talk about that real fast, right? <laughs> How much does the UCMJ just not apply to the rest of the Air Force, but it applies to us all the fucking time? It does. It's crazy. Yeah. Dude, I always say, I use this example, and I know everybody bags on finance, but it's because they deserve it. But if I messed up, if your pay is messed up, right, it could it could affect your life yeah. critically. Mm-hmm. Like you could miss a mortgage payment, you could miss a car payment, it's you like could miss your rent payment. Like 85 or 86% of all like active personnel live paycheck to paycheck. So you mm-hmm. miss one paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Think of the ramifications that – because this here's a true story. One day – this is a long time ago. I was a brand-new senior airman. I got a paycheck. It was like $75. And I was like, what oh, the I fuck is going on? Too. And it, <laughs> yeah. And so, I, of course, the first thing I do is I pull my LES up, and it's like the mid-month one. So it doesn't actually show you the breakdown. Yeah. And so I go to finance, which is a pain in the ass anyway. And they're like, oh, uh, you have all these missing equipment charges. I'm like, missing equipment charges? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm missing any equipment. No one turned in anything Like to say I was missing equipment and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, of course, it was was all a mistake. It was somebody put in, like, wrong information and all this shit. And, uh, bro, I have never been back paid. They corrected my pay the next time, okay? But I have never been paid back for that. And I, dude, I had first sergeant, a first sergeant for like almost a year trying to help me out and it never happened. 
Wow. And just using that as an example. But yeah. here's the thing. Well, I'm, what I'm getting at and the point of like why I said this is how many times have you been like doing a case and they're like, maybe, maybe it's weird. Maybe it's hard to get evidence. Maybe it's hard to like, you know, get statements from people for whatever reason. And maybe the op soup says to you like, Oh, Hey man, like we need to get this to the, that person's commander so they can make a decision on what sort of action they're going to take. Cause it's impacting the case and blah, blah, blah. And yada, yada, yada. Right. And they make a big deal out of it and you lose time off and all this shit. And it is a big deal. You know what I mean? But I really want to know what the actual fuck happens to these people at finance when they fuck your pay up. Because it yeah. certainly doesn't seem like anything is happening. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody please jump in and let me know. And I say it doesn't seem like anything fucking is happening because the shit happens all the goddamn time. Yeah. And I Everyone know for has a, fact, a finance story. Everyone has a finance story. Everyone has a finance story. <laughs> and dude, here's even the more dumb shit. And I don't know. They could have changed between now and when I left. Germany, but where I was assigned to, we had to go to Ramstein for all of our like personnelist type shit. Mm -hmm. Finance was coming to the end of a period where they were going to have walk in hours and they were going to go strictly to a portal system where you could not go into the finance office anymore. They already were limited to like maybe like 18 hours a week where they were open for you to go in. And as a shift worker, like there's people, plenty of people in the Air Force and and all – I'm just going to caveat that. And the other services too, just because you're a Marine and you work Marine finance doesn't mean you're a badass, right? <laughs> but – oh, I'm, I'm just calling everybody out. No, you're dude. right. I, I fucking right. fired more guns and done more badass shit than you, I promise. Yeah. Not to – yeah, I'm not, even gonna, I'm not even trying to be that guy, but I'm just saying. Yeah. But that work Monday through Friday, have every holiday off. Work eight to four, get a two hour lunch, right? But you and me, we don't have a schedule like that. Mm-hmm. We have to do shit on our off days, and those off days are very limited. And you that normally on means a all your training has to be done. Right. All your training has to be done. All your medical appointments have to be taken care of. Any other dumb shit you need to take care of has to be done in that one day. And like you said, hopefully it's on a duty day and fuck. If it's on a day where everybody that you need yeah. is on Hopefully some sort of training down day, day or whatever, or right. a, or a, yeah, or something, it's a made up holiday. But, yeah, but that's that's what I'm getting at. Is like, you know, you already have to jump through nine different hoops and sell your first child and half your soul to get into the finance office. But as you know, okay, as the undershirt for a small period of time, yeah. if you're the shirt or you're a chief. Or you're a commander, you walk in there and you're like, I've got this problem. And they're like, fuck everybody, get the fuck out of the way. Come on. You know, and they let the fucking dude come to the fucking front of the counter and they'll everybody be like, and fix this guy's problem in five minutes. But you walk in there as a senior airman or tech sergeant, right? And you're like, yeah, I've been, (laughs) I'm a tech sergeant who's been getting paid as a senior airman for the past two months. And I don't know why and no one can give me a straight answer. And they're like, I need you to fill out nine of these forms and come back tomorrow because we have a training day and like give you all this fucking bullshit. It's just, you know, I don't miss. I'm not going to miss that. That's for sure. (laughs) Positional power is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. When I first became the interim shirt, I was used to like always answering things as Texana Smith, Texana Smith. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had one time where I have the shirt phone. You were calling the shirt phone in this like office on Hanscom call. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I answered. I was like, Tex R. Smith. 
I'm like, hey, is the uh, first sergeant for the 313th available? I'm like, yeah, it's me. And they're like, what? No, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. Like, they're like, yeah, they're like not understanding. Lying? Yeah. <laughs> Go give him the they phone. just like hang up on you and call back. Yeah, give right. dad the phone. Like, give right, your dad the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but like, positional power is very real because I was trying to solve, you know, all, first time usually is just trying to put out a bunch of small fires all the time. You get an airman who mm-hmm. calls you, finance isn't paying me when I'm supposed to. All right, you get my travel voucher in time. Or my GTC is about to go into mm-hmm. liquid because finance won't pay it off for some stupid reason. Whatever. Yeah. And so I would initially call when I first started it. And I'd be hey, I'm Texanar Smith. I'm the interim sure for this. And I would get like stonewalled. Like nothing would happen. Everything would be so slow. And I remember I, I was talking. I was in the shirt chat. And they were like, just be the shirt. Stop saying interim. Mm-hmm. Stop saying Texar Smith. Every time you pick up the phone, just say first sergeant. Anytime you call someone, exact. Yeah. Anytime you call someone, just start off saying I'm the first sergeant. You got a mustache for a reason. Yes. And I'm telling you, it was a night and day difference. I was like, all right, got it. I'm just going to do that. I was trying to be respectful mm-hmm. of the shirt core, I guess, and I was just trying to be nice or didn't want to step on your right. toes. But Maybe I was you like, feel like you earned it or something. Yeah. I was like, nah, screw this. I'm the shirt. And so I'd be calling people. Hey, I'm the shirt for the 313. I need this done like now. Can you, I'm going to send you an email. And I need it back in like 10 minutes. Got it? Cool. Thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. It showed up in my email in five minutes. Like it was. <laughs> oh, people actually will do their thing. job when they're afraid of getting in trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the power of a it's, first sergeant because it could be a, it could be an E6, an E7, an E8, or an E9. You got no fucking idea who it is. It's just a first sergeant. True. And so <laughs> you better help them because you don't want to piss off a first sergeant E9 because you're going to die. <laughs> or just whatever, you know, like it doesn't matter, man. I, yeah. I have literally seen, I have, I have seen 05s, 06s walk into personnelist offices mm. and everybody drops what they're doing and immediately their issue becomes, and I, I'll say this too, to the credit of the good ones. I have seen plenty of chiefs or like higher ups walk into these offices and everybody and fucking their buttholes pucker and they, I'll wait in line. Exactly. Yeah. Finish what you're doing. Help this person. And I've seen plenty of them. I probably, and I'll say this too. I've seen more of them do that than I have seen, you know, the, the other ones be like, Oh yeah, I'll cut in line. Thanks. But, but every single time they walk in, everybody drops what they're doing to help that person. You have you know, to. Commander walks on. Room tension. Senior NCO boxer. Well, that's different. Yeah, I know, but like you're well, you're taught I'm, that. Forever. I have never seen anybody in another office. Yeah, I've never seen anybody what? in an office call a room to stand by. I'm not I've saying they're actually call doing it. I'm saying that that's so ingrained mm-hmm. in your mind that even though you're not doing it, when a senior NCO walks into a room, you stop and you look. Like it's it's like a yeah. It's just a thing you like just do unnaturally, I guess. Yeah. But then you could go back to helping out the senior airmen that you were already helping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But most but anyway, most personnel yeah. helpers are bottom, like they're fresh out of tech school airmen too. So they're like, oh, oh yeah, crap, a, a colonel, yeah. Ah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and I, I'm not against that at all because you got to learn yeah. sometime. But like, maybe just maybe, like pay issues should not be handled by the the fucking th- three three uh. Three level stooges, the yeah. airmen that, <laughs> yeah, that all three of these A1Cs 
trying to handle your problem all at once. Yeah. Maybe the fucking tech sergeant flight chief should walk out there and be like, all right, guys, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you walk I'm up sure and that there's happens, three airmen trying to help you combined make less than you, maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> like, right. This isn't Captain <laughs> Planet, dog. With your powers combined, you're not solving my finance problem. No. Right? Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, they're just like looking at like your LES also. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're like, trying to figure it out. <laughs> I printed it off and brought it to you. You know, they're like, oh, well, I don't know. It's like, what? <laughs> you know? Anyway, I don't want to fucking bag on people too much. But yeah, yeah nah. Anyway, yeah, that was good a times. long good times. tangent. That was a long it was. question. You're up, well, dude, We could have, we could talk all day <laughs> about the military and the shenanigans. All right. Well, that was since that one was kind of like wonky. Let's 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 go. <laughs> let's take it a little serious here. Okay. Do you think the act of suicide is selfish? Yes. You got to explain yourself. Okay. I was also going to wait for like maybe if you were going to follow up after my yes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do. Nope. Uh, no, I think the act of suicide is just selfish because one, so I have a hard time understanding suicide. I've never, mm-hmm. ever thought of it. I personally have never like ever? even thought about hurting myself ever. Like we'll be in a hmm. class and we'll be like, yeah, people commit suicide. And I'll be like, oh yeah, that's the thing. But like I've never and I've responded to suicides. I've been close to people mm-hmm. who commit suicide. Um mm-hmm. but like I've never thought like, man, to this week or this month has been really hard or this year and this is it. Like I I'm gonna start thinking about it. It's just never happened. Um so I don't understand the mindset of someone who's ever thought of it. I'm just gonna say that mm-hmm. now. I don't understand that mindset. Um to me it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem every single time whatever Mm -hmm. it is you're going through i do strongly believe that i don't care what it is whatever it is you're going through it's not worth you killing yourself that's just my personal belief Mm -hmm. i don't have like a religious tie to that i don't think if you commit suicide you're going to hell like none of that Mm -hmm. is tying it to me i just think that there's nothing going on that you need to kill yourself for. And I, I think people who kill themselves, they're selfish because they're not realizing when they do it or like mm-hmm. as they're doing it, the ramifications and the rifts it's going to cause to everyone that knew them. That's the selfish piece. Your mom, your dad, okay. your, your siblings, your coworkers, even the people you probably didn't think of. There's a little old lady who's my neighbor. Okay. And mm-hmm. I talk to her maybe like once a week just in passing. But I know that if I committed suicide, she would be affected. I just know she would. Like, there's way more like butterfly effects to every decision anyone ever makes. And suicide has big butterfly effects to a lot of other people. Um, so if you are dealing with suicide, if that is a thought that you're struggling with, where you're just down on your luck or you're having a really hard time, like reach out, ask someone for help, try to find a resource, but don't kill yourself. Like life is so beautiful and it's such a, it's a finite amount of time. Like if you actually think about it, like mm-hmm. you're not on this earth that long in the grand scheme of things, like think it through. And, and anyone who's, there's been like studies on like suicide survivors 
everyone, mm-hmm. like literally everyone, it's like a hundred percent of anyone who's lived through their suicide attempt has said that in the moment past the point that they thought was no return, they all regretted it. Right. There's, there's not a single person who, and you could say, well, maybe they're like after the fact, like the doctors coerced them to now believe that or whatever, or like the psychologist got them to come to that conclusion. But like, there's people who've jumped off like the Golden Gate Bridge, and that's like an almost an instant death. I think like a mm-hmm. couple have lived yeah. through that. And of the couple who've mm-hmm. lived, they said the second they left the bridge, they went, I don't want to do that. Like, and the whole time they're falling, they're going, I did not want to do that. And so. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's selfish. You look like you want to say something about it, so I'm going to pass it back to you. No, I was just going to play devil's advocate and say to you, like, is it? And I'll I'll caveat it too by saying this isn't necessarily how I think about the situation, um, because my opinion on it has changed over time. But I would say to you, where you say like it's selfish. I I do think that you as a person can can owe something to somebody. Um, like if you are somebody's parent or your spouse or whatever, you know, like you owe that person your labor, your love, stuff like that, because you made a commitment to them. Or if you're their parent, like that should go without saying, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I say that, but also say this like as the devil's advocate piece of this is it not your life is it not your pain you know is it not your um you know whatever you're going through for you to make the decision on what you want to do and people will have their opinions on it for sure but at the end of the day like you don't necessarily owe anybody an explanation for your decision what would you say, like, to that? Like, so I guess I could be kind of tied into like body, body autonomy or whatever. Like, you have full control over like mm-hmm. your body. You can yeah. do with it whatever you want. Like, it's your life. Do what you want. Mm-hmm. But what I would say to that is like people who are just like on a whim or planned out a suicide are just going to do it, and they usually don't tell anyone. If anything, maybe there should be because like I so like there are countries. Like, I think Sweden's one of them, where mm-hmm. if you're, like, on your deathbed or whatever, you can just, like, you get terminal illness, you can just tell mm-hmm. them, I don't want to fight this, I'm good with dying. And they'll, they'll like, put you to sleep and you'll just die. Like, that's a choice you can do. Yeah. In the U.S., I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's a, I know you can say, like, do not resuscitate. Mm-hmm. You can be like, if I'm dying, mm-hmm. don't try to save me. But, like... Um, yeah, if I'm going to be a vegetable, yeah. Yeah, but like maybe there should be a conversation about a process for like me, the, like a process for people who are like, yes, I act because you didn't choose to be born. Your parents had sex one day and you popped up like nine months later, right? So you didn't choose it. So who's to say you're 18, 19, you're an adult and you're like, man, I you two just got busy in the back of a car. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be on this planet. And I don't want to continue with this. I think as long as they pass like a psych eval and like they're not just insane, then maybe they should have the bottle of autonomy to do it. But it should be done like in a humane way, not jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, 
not Kurt Cobaining yourself in the garage. Not like there needs to be like, maybe there should be a process for it, but at least that process, I guess if it did exist would be relatively recognized or accepted. But even if it happened, there'd still be people all the way against it. Same thing Mm -hmm. with abortion. There's Mm -hmm. people who are like, it's in my body. It is mine. Technically body autonomy. Like I can do what I want with it. It doesn't, it's not born yet. Like there's that whole argument. Mm -hmm. But then there's the people who are like, no, the second the cell split, it's a living organism. Like, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I don't know. I still personally think suicide is selfish, but I think it's selfish in the way that it is currently done. Um, if it was probably more like, hey, everyone that's at least close to me, I've decided with a health professional that I don't want to exist on this planet anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like when guys yeah. get it's like when guys get a um uh I can't think of the I can't think of the word when they get their nut snipped when they get fixed a vasectomy that one <laughs> okay I like, have a feeling that's what you're gonna say that's not a thing any man can just go to a doctor and go I want that no doctor will just do it especially if you're like eighteen nineteen with no kids they will put really? you th- yes they will put you through like a program to make sure. That it's not a whim decision or that you're okay mm-hmm. with the actual like ramifications of the operation. Because it is reversible, but it's not like 100% reversible. My dad... It actually increases your chance of prostate cancer if you get ugh. a vasectomy re- reversed. Did you know that? That sucks. My dad, right? I'm one of five kids from my father, okay? Mm-hmm. He had five of us. Then he went to the doctor and was like, uh-uh, no more. And even then, <laughs> he was in his freaking like, late 30s. need you 30s. to do CBT. Yeah, he was in his late 30s, five kids, right? And he went to the doctor mm-hmm. and he's like, I want a vasectomy. And even then, they made him like, he had to like watch like some like movies about being a father. Like, it's like I'm already a father. But he had to like watch some stuff about it. He had to like fill out like certain forms and they made him wait. Right. Like, yeah, we could, we, could get, <laughs> we could get you in next week, but like, we're going to make you wait two months. They did. They made him wait. He still, you know, went and got it done and everything. But like, even then, they still made him wait. So maybe there's, if there was a process, I think it needs to have sort of similar to a vasectomy process where it's like, all right, mm-hmm. you want to end your life? Cool. But have you ever had like Coco's Curry? Like, have you had Dude. that before? Because Bro. that might change your mind. So before we mm-hmm. do that, here's some Coco's Curry. Give it a week. Tell us if you still want to do it. Because like, Bro. you never know. Yeah. Um, so I guess another follow-up question to that would be, do you think the act in and of itself is cowardly? No. Do you know no. how much it is not a cowardly act because mm-hmm. you we're all animals. Every human is an animal on this planet. Mm-hmm. No animal. Like it's so difficult for any animal to willingly end its own life it goes against everything like engraved in your like monkey brain Mm -hmm. it does not make sense like you can test it on yourself don't do it but you can test it on yourself go to a pool or whatever and go underwater Mm -hmm. just hold your breath you will not be able to control the outburst your body will do when it gets like i need oxygen it will Mm -hmm. scramble and fight without you even deciding it to get back to the surface and get oxygen. Yeah. So I don't think it's cowardly 
because you had to overcome every single natural like lizard brain, monkey brain instincts and Mm -hmm. follow through with it. So if anything, if God does exist, you overcame all his fail safes. I think it's a very like uh, determined decision to actually do it. Mm -hmm. That being said, like I said earlier, everyone who's like jumped off a bridge and lived from like the golden gate. They said the second they jumped, they instantly regretted it. So did they really actually succeed in their decision or were they just a byproduct of a stupid decision? What the ones that like actually passed away. So, yeah, your, your uh, analogy about the pool reminds me of a saying I saw about um, if you think you want to kill yourself, throw yourself in the ocean and watch how your body involuntarily fights for its life. Yeah. I was like, that's a pretty good point. You know? Yeah. Your body will not kill itself. Definitely. Speaking of which, you should Google this. Um, there's, I saw this pod that just came. This is where this this question came into today, right? I'm not suicidal or something. Um, and I'll give you like my thoughts on it. I wasn't going to ask you. There's this. Oh, you weren't going to ask me what my thoughts were. That's okay. I was going to. No, tell I wasn't going to ask you if you're um, suicidal because like there's always told that weird thing where if like people talk about suicide, like you should check them. Like I'm not going to check Brandon because he asked what I thought about suicide. Like. Oh right. yeah, no. It's like what Vince Vargas was saying too about how like talking about it, people would say like you're not you know you're you're not putting it that idea in somebody's head, but apparently yeah. you actually are. But no, the pod I saw these pods that were they just came out or they just like hit the news. Um, I don't remember what country came up with it. And I was going to say you should like Google it, but the concept is is they fill with nitrogen gas, and that's how that's how it kills you. But that instinct to fight for air actually comes from us being oxygen breathers Mm -hmm. and when you're breathing in oxygen or nitrogen it actually overrides that panic feeling you get from not having oxygen and your brain won't register that like you're not having oxygen you're not you won't panic you won't have that instinctual yeah you won't have that instinctual panic Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll essentially just like asphyxiate, fall asleep, and die. But, but is that like, that's crazy? The pods look like something from the future. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one here. But Did like, you find the, them? yeah. Them. Let's see. Uh, sure. But like, okay. So, is that actually you overcoming the instinctual thing, or are you just tricking your monkey brain? Like it just doesn't so know what, it's not oxygen. That that panic that you feel actually comes from the oxygen that you breathe and breathing in nitrogen and it being the predominant like gas, I guess, in your body, it overrides your brain telling you to panic. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it's, well, I get you. Yeah. But like, yeah, but the oxygen is exactly like, it with the panic stuff. And for those who are mm-hmm. watching, you can see here, it's a sarcopod. I went to Wikipedia, which is always correct. And it has this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's this pod over in the right and it does it's like, like a it, Futurama though. thing yeah but the um, that's what I was saying what, what I was going to get at is I understand what you're saying about like the oxygen thing but mm-hmm. it's even like like there's people who say they have the call to the void and I've had that before like I've never had suicide thoughts but like I've been like on oh the yeah edge run of the, the stop sign yeah run the stop sign crash into the median and it's like whoa what are you doing stop mm-hmm. I'm not doing that but like uh, yeah um, 
<laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, just just hit it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> fast. Go fast, fast. But no, the um uh what was it getting at is the oxygen thing might be like yeah, it's just a natural instinct because you need oxygen. Mm-hmm. But like even if like let's say you had a gun and you put it in your mm-hmm. mouth, like there's that's not an oxygen thing, but your brain's like, don't pull the trigger, don't pull the trigger, don't oh, pull no. the trigger. Yeah, like for like, sure. You it is you still can you can you still think s- those thoughts. But I'm talking about trigger. the actual Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you, you can still have those thoughts. I'm talking about the actual instinctual acts that your body is going to do to try to force you to breathe okay. and to yeah, initiate yeah. your panic reflex in your brain. It will not happen on that instinctual level because you're breathing in nitrogen. Does that make sense? Yeah, like you could still think and regret what you're doing and like, you know what I yeah. mean. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know Sorry. how quickly you you signed like, the do not resuscitate. So. Good exactly. luck. Just like pointing at it to you from outside <laughs> the pot. You're just, you know, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, but no, like, like if you don't panic, you go to sleep, essentially, like that, those instinctual yeah. um, things that will happen to you, they won't happen, is all I'm saying. But my thoughts on it are um, do I think it's cowardly? No, I I understand your point about how like it's not cowardly because of just like how insane the act is and like the things you have to overcome to put yourself through it. It's a very determined mm-hmm. act. I like that word because I wouldn't call it brave either. It's not. Yeah, I don't, um, I, don't, I don't think it's brave either. Yeah, when you said determined, I was like, that's a good way to to go, to summarize it. But I also would say though that it is cowardly on some levels because. And this is not to disparage anybody who has taken their life because I have friends who have taken their lives and I'm not talking about them um, in a negative way. When I say this, I'm just giving my opinion. Like you're leaving behind people who you're going to hurt and the problems you're choosing not to face, you know, and I know that there are people who are mentally ill and they just can't get over that. And they do it because they're mentally ill and they, you know, think that that is the solution. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, you're no longer, you're a product of the, the sickness that you have. And there, I don't think you're cowardly because of that. Um, but it can be seen as cowardly for not wanting to confront your problems. Um, and there are plenty of people who have taken their own lives who tried to confront their problems and got sick and tired of it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I can see the point is I'm trying to make is I can see how somebody could say it's cowardly because of what you do to other people. Um, and like, so all I would, crazy, like these sorts of statistics, you know, yeah. like people say that like, if you, if you are the child uh, of a parent who committed suicide, you're like 80% more likely to do it yourself, which is nuts. Because you now um, know you have an out, but anyway, like you, you were aware of an out mm-hmm. yeah, that your exactly, parent took. That's yeah. exactly what like a psychiatrist would tell you. But what were you yeah. going to say before? Um, so the cowardly thing, are you saying like it could be cowardly? Mm-hmm. I don't think the very specific act of committing suicides mm-hmm. cowardly, but I could see how the reasons why to are cowardly. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, okay. The, the, the yeah, one I'm separating saying. the two of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, I guess you could say your reasons could be taken as cowardly, yeah. right? And we're not passing judgment on anybody because, like I said, I have had. Let's say this: like I had a friend who killed himself on his 21st birthday, and what is probably a drunk was a drunken decision after some hazing from his military friends, right? Well, the the um, um the I can't remember his name. Was it Vargas? The borderline borderline? Yeah, Vince Vargas. Yes, 
he he brought up an interesting statistic during his thing. He was talking about almost everyone who commits suicide is like a heavy dependent drinker before they do it. Like alcohol mm-hmm. is a very heavy oh, yeah, thing that leads to suicide. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that, and that I would argue it. it overrides your decision-making ability as well because yeah. in, in a lot of funny ways. You know what I mean? How many and people so have said I, or done dumb shit? I'm actually drunk. curious then because like – like I said, I've never thought like I've actually never thought of suicide to any extent. Like I've never thought of mm-hmm. killing myself. But I've also I personally have never had alcohol ever in my life. That's wild. As somebody who has to, who has consumed plenty of alcohol. Sorry, mom. Uh <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, like I have been there have been times where like I've drunk plenty of times where I've been drunk and gotten sad, and it's probably one definitely you get real personal here. It's exactly why I don't drink to excess anymore because there's just certain things that will come to the surface that I don't want other people seeing or hearing about. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I will still occasionally have a drink. Like I enjoy, yeah. you know, whiskey in a glass or having a beer with a friend or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've also done a lot of really retarded crap while I was drunk, you know, whether it's, accidentally hurt myself trying to be funny or saying something mean to a friend, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, it just, it does. It makes, and, and I'll say this too, like when I first started like drinking, like going to parties or whatever, or hang, drinking socially with friends, I never really liked the feeling of being drunk. There's like that, if you've been drunk before, and I know you haven't Zach, but like, there's that like 10, 15 minutes where like, you feel really good. It's like the buzz part or something. It's like mm-hmm. the, but you have to like, you have to figure out how you can maintain that feeling. And I do know people who, and I've never been like a drinker on this level who figure it out and they know like, all right, how to, I'm going to ride this buzz as long as I can. And they drink to ride that buzz mm-hmm. and they're effective at it. But for the most part, like that buzz is like that tipping point to where like, you're either going to like stop and like come back down and be dehydrated and like get a headache or you're going to keep getting intoxicated and you that's when you're going to get start getting that like, fuck it, you know, that <laughs> feeling that if you've been drunk, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I guess like I've never drank because I just liked the feeling of being drunk because I don't. And especially now that I'm older, I don't like the feeling of being drunk and I don't like the after the aftermath either, you know, yeah. recovering from that is, is a lot different. Um, you know, but I don't know. I just, it's never been something I, I've liked. I don't like that feeling, but you do, you can, it's sometimes you don't even know how you're going to react. Like I've been drunk before where I just wanted to have a good time and laughed. And I've been drunk before where for no good goddamn reason, I just got up in my feelings for no no fucking clue why you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i don't like that because i don't like not having control over my faculties i don't like having or not having control over what i may do um and uh yeah so i now like i said I, i'm not opposed to having a drink i do every once in a while i'll have a drink with my wife have a glass of wine or have a beer with a friend mm-hmm. or you know whatever and um you can have a drink and it takes that edge off and you like kind of calm down and um you it, it can kind of make some of that anxiety you're feeling about the day go away. It like kind of suppresses that. I do like that because I'm not drunk and I also have not hit that 
like it's like the verge of being buzzed, but it like mm-hmm. kills the anxiety. You just kind of get tired. Um, and I've done that before, but I definitely don't drink to the like where I was when I like I was going to fucking parties in college and shit, or even high school for that matter, because I went to high school in Germany. So yeah, sorry, mom. <laughs> No worries, but, no worries. No, my answer to like answer my question is uh do I think it's selfish? Yes, I do. Fair enough. Because I've seen the aftermath and I've told people, uh told loved ones why they couldn't go into their house or whatever. I've been so, there as well. It's selfish. So yep. in my opinion. Anyway, okay. Super depressive question. Because I saw the weird pods, your turn. <laughs> um <laughs> It is the new year. It is 2024, Brandon, in case you weren't aware. Crazy. And uh, New Year's resolutions. Are you someone who does New Year's resolutions? And if you are, what is your 2024 New Year's resolution? Yeah. I mean, I have done them before, but I don't really see the point anymore because I've gotten to, I've gotten to the point where I – I don't need to pick a day to start doing something. And cause I I've gotten old enough and enough experience to realize that literally right now is the best time to do anything. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow never comes. So I don't exactly. Yeah. I just don't, you know, find the need to say, okay, starting this arbitrary day, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to do this. Like, no, nah, I don't, it's cool. I don't take anything away from somebody who does that. Some people do. And I'll say this too. I've been that person where it's like, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. <laughs> I want to start working out on a Monday. So it's mentally easier for me to track how many days I've worked out. Cause like, I think in, in weeks. Yeah, me yeah. too. Right. So like, yes, I have done shit like that. But I also think that for the most part, I, I still would, do would that be actually. curious with the statistic. That would be curious what the statistics are. You should look them up of people that they have polled who actually stuck to their New Year's resolution. Oh, I guess it would be pretty high. low. Yeah. 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 But no, I, I've definitely but done that. Uh... I have no problem with people that want to do it. I didn't make a New Year's post on our podca- podcast page and like make it all about resolutions and shit because, you know, I think people as as adults, we should realize that there's no better time than the present to take control over something that you want to take control over. And normally resolutions have something to do with taking control over something you lack or trying to build up something, you know, you lack fucking, it could be, it could be October 2nd. Just do it. You don't need to wait. Here's some facts. News resolution is a 4,000 year old tradition dating back to Mm -hmm. the Babylonians. Um, Mm -hmm. However, only nine to twelve percent of people will ever keep the resolution. Interesting. So, what was the Babylonian thing? That, that's just where they think they. I don't. They're not talking more. Oh, the, the about resolution it. thing came from. Yeah, like the Babylonian. Like that tradition originated with Babylonians. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess it's where the it's most recently or the latest it's written or they know of it. I wonder who's, who's to say if some other person did it before. Mm-hmm. But. I wonder how the Babylonians broke down their their time. Because obviously, like twenty, it's twenty twenty four because it's been two thousand twenty four years since Christ was born, and that's how we do our calendar. Yeah, but how did Babylonians? Where the Babylonians measured that track time? <laughs> I'll look that up for us. Interesting. It out. Uh, 
they actually divided the day into 24 hours and they divided every hour into 60 yeah. minutes and every 60 mm-hmm. seconds. But I want to know how long they track like years. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. It didn't take long for humanity to recognize how long a day was. The massive fiery ball in the sky that disappears. The Babylonian calendar go? <laughs> uh, was 12 months. It was 12 complete cycles. Really? That was the moon. Yeah. Oh, so it was a lunar cycle. Okay. So their year came out we to should totally do 354 that. days, more or less. Interesting. Yeah. So like, you know I what's bet, funny is... I was going to say, I, I had somebody say to me one time... Days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody say to me one time, they're like, why Why would anybody use the moon as a way to measure time? Like, don't you go to sleep at night? And I was like, bro, let me point something out to you real fast. <laughs> Have you ever tried looking at the fucking sun? Yeah. How's it that going to tell you what time it is? Right. It doesn't <laughs> like, change. Like, like yeah. you can measure it. You can measure where it's at in the sky yeah. and know you're closer to being, you know, nighttime. Yeah, it's closer but to you can the look moon. at the moon. <laughs> yeah. You can look at the moon and you can walk, watch it wax and wane. Mm-hmm. And you can watch and know when it disappears, right? And when it comes back and you can measure that. You know what I mean? That's why it's such a big fucking deal when the sun disappears yeah. or eclipses. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, but so of course, you're early man. You're looking up. You, first off, there is zero light pollution other than your campfire if oh, you have yeah. a campfire. Yeah, right. And that's not gonna have the much. Sky light must look ridiculously amazing because yeah. I have seen I have seen some skies like especially when I was in Montana and getting out some of these places where there's zero light pollution. Yeah. Holy shit, the sky looks so much different than stepping out right now on my front porch and looking at it. You know. Mm-hmm. But there's no, this massive, no, glowing, course. silvery, yeah. beautiful, luminescent, round yeah. disc in the sky. Why the fuck aren't you going to pay attention to it? There's nothing course, else going of on. Ancient you humans, can't no light pollution, walked out, looked up, and went, right. "Oh yeah, gods." Like you know what I mean? Like, bro, it's a- <laughs> yeah, it's that's not a it's not a hard leap in my no. opinion. Like you it's literally not. have the greatest show on earth. You're not distracted by anything. Like you, mm-hmm. in fact. You were probably looking forward to it becoming night so you could look at the stars. Like, yeah. no wonder our ancient predecessors. Stories. Dude, yeah, exactly. No wonder they were so good at tracking the stars. Mm-hmm. No wonder they put so much emphasis on meteorites. No wonder they put so much emphasis on the moon. It's it's the most beautiful thing you have ever seen when there's nothing else going on. And yep. even like me, like I've traveled all over the world and I've seen all kinds of cities, a bunch of different continents, and there's some amazing places. But still, the unfettered, unfiltered night sky is insane. Yep. And I'll say this too. I even want to visit places that have zero light pollution just to look at the night sky. Like I want to go look at the night sky from like Machu Picchu. I want to go look mm. at the night sky from like Antarctica. I want to go look at the night sky from, you know, the Arctic Circle. Like mm-hmm. and you and I have seen the night sky from the southern hemisphere, which yeah. looks so different. And there was mm-hmm. plenty of spots out where we were with zero light pollution, especially oh, when yeah. you got MVGs. Oh, if you got MVGs. That's like one of the coolest fucking things that I've ever done is looking mm-hmm. at the night sky with MVGs. <laughs> like, why aren't you watching your sector? You're looking up. <laughs> you know, but sectors three sixty. Nah, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's right. It doesn't stop at the horizon, Sergeant. We're looking up. You know what I mean? Yeah, the never know. Airborne threats over the over the horizon. They're perishing above us. Exactly. So I'm looking for them. Exactly. That's right. 
I got it, Sart. Don't worry about it. And according to but, the Geneva yeah. Conventions, I can shoot them as they're coming down. I even got away from the land. There you go. <laughs> yeah, how about that? How about that? <laughs> Weapons brief. <laughs> but no, nah, man, it, it's just it's fu- it's funny, dude. I uh, absolutely. It's it's not. A mystery to me why yeah. why our ancient predecessors were so enamored with the night. When you sky. first said that, like everyone's asleep, I'm like, okay, yeah, everyone goes to sleep <laughs> when it's dark. But like right now, now in upstate New York, at five the sun is down. So like you think I'm sleeping like twenty hours a day? No, <laughs> come on. Ancient humans were also Dude, alive well, during the- dawn and dusk, <laughs> and you can see sure, the moon and here's the, the thing day too. at times, like. It could you be can. right there. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You you absolutely can see the sun. I don't think it's person the, the you sometimes. looked up. <laughs> I think it's just like you, you had this like whim thought and you just say it out loud. You bored yeah. you know? But no, here's the other thing too, man. If, if, if you're ancient man, right, your safety is in numbers. Your safety is in whatever shelter you can find or make. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely fire, the night right? watch. Right. There's the night. That's the point I was getting at. Yeah, 100%. Right. The equivalent to caveman security forces or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck else was wearing out there by the fire, making sure. Yeah. Wearing his leopard skin, <laughs> making sure that the saber tooth tiger wasn't coming in and fucking shit up. He was, checking, he was checking that elephant's rab, making sure he's allowed to be at that Dude, hole. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's uh, speculated too that that the campfires of our early predecessors were the reason why wolves became domesticated because they, they like saw that and cons- by it. They're like, "Ooh, what's that?" Yeah, and they would they would approach it, and when when man started cooking the food too, they were um, you know attracted to it. But campfires they associate it very much to the domestication of uh, specifically the wolf and and what would become the relationship between man and canine. Yeah. Speaking of like domestication, it's pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like hundred percent true, but a lot of people think the cats just decided to domesticate themselves. They just saw one day. Hey, I've heard that too. They're like, they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, all I got to <laughs> do a symbiosis is here that. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. You'll pick up. No, really, I could partake in, but I don't need to be totally invested in like the idiot over there. keeps wagging his tail for no yeah, fucking yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I saw this stupid sign on somebody's wall one day where it was like, uh, it says, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was essentially like a cat lives here with, with its slave or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, (laughs) that's so true. You know, I think we've had this conversation before on here, but cats only meow because humans talk. They don't meow to each other, which is cool. That's cool as fuck. Interaction. Bro. You want to talk about like how badass animals are. There was um, a study done on like dolphins and the way they communicate to to one another, and they wanted to know like they knew that like dolphins could understand like what people were saying like and they they had like this cursory knowledge that dolphins understood things the way like you think your dog understands what yeah. to do because like whatever like a, a rewards based system, mm-hmm. but they wanted to see just like how intelligent dolphins like actually are so they co- started coming up with like these very complex tasks for them to for them to do and one of the complex tasks that they came up for them to do where they were separating the dolphins okay and they would tell like a dolphin like um hey go do this trick you've done before go like jump over the bar and it would do it. But they and I don't. I would have to look it up. I don't know how they but were the other dolphin this message to the dolphin. 
Well, you, hold on. I'm, I'm going to okay. get there in a second. Yeah, no, no, no. Just, just listen. They would tell the dolphin, now this time when you jump, do something you've never done before. And it would do it. It understood that. And they, so has, they figured out how to convey that message. It has a concept of memory so, and time. The concept of memory as a concept of knowing what it's done, right? Yeah. It's not just out here living instinctually, right? But yeah. the one thing, too, that was cool, and this is this kind of blew my mind, is they told they gave the same task to the two dolphins at the same time, right? Go and come back and do this, right? This trick they've always done, right? But then they gave them the same instruction. Go and come back and do something in tandem that neither of you have ever done with one another before. And the dolphins went down to the bottom of the pool, like communicated somehow. Conversed. And then fucking did it. Yeah, and then did it. And dude, and so it's like our concept of intelligence and other things is probably so far off, bro. Mm -hmm. But think to how amazing is that, man? Like, it, it, first off, it makes me think of like the whole like theory of the end of the world book or whatever it is. Like so long and thanks for all the fish. Oh, but, like guide to the galaxy. Hitchhiker's guide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you, they communicated this to those dolphins. They went down to the bottom of the pool, explained it to one another. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Okay, have we ever done a backflip before? Have we ever done a tumble backflip? Right, we exactly. Did that last week, Frank. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Remember. Remember when, Frank? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I forgot. Right, so but do they knew? So they had there had to be some sort of exchange of information of okay, they want us to do this check. Mm-hmm. They want us. It has to be different. Okay, have we ever done this before? Run through the flipbook and memories. No. What are we gonna do? All right, let's do that. And then they did it. That's what's, fucking nuts, man. What's interesting about dolphins too is even wild dolphins, dolphins that have like never interacted with humans yeah. before. They instinctively will protect humans. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes you wonder, dude. It like they know that like hu- like maybe they just understand you're not a water animal and like you're like mm-hmm. uh, you know you just can't can't survive there. You're not gonna be able to go toe to a shark or something. So like they just protect you because dude, like, dolphins will fuck up a shark. Bro. Oh yeah. Like they say that, like you know, oh the great whites, the king of the sea, or whatever. No, it's dolphins and orcas. I was say, it's actually the orca for yeah. sure. The orca that we know of. is <laughs> those things are oh, deadly, yeah. and they're assholes. Well, you've probably and they're smart. You've probably they are. You've probably heard them call the wolves of the sea before, haven't yeah. you? They hunt yeah. packs. That makes sense. Yeah. They hunt packs. You've mm-hmm. seen those videos of them, like zooming in a group at like a seal on like a patch of ice mm-hmm. and, and together under it yeah. right and it'll swish yep. the thing and yeah dude you're so fucked bro yeah like you're so dead. seal seal you later <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but that's that's the thing anyway. too is even so i grew up in the pacific northwest like the puget sound mm-hmm. area so like there's a lot of orcas there and uh even orcas like yeah they'll they'll kill a human like that type mm-hmm. of stuff but most Bro, of the time, they, those ones that are hunting. Yeah, but both. most of the time, they they ignore humans, or at least they like mm-hmm. they're aware of them, but they're like, man, whatever. Like, you're not, you're not my enemy. You're not, you're you're prey, and I'm just gonna mm-hmm. let you kind of swim around here, buddy. Like, see you later. <laughs> Keyword: Let you let. Yeah, you can hang in the Puget Sound on your kayak and your Starbucks coffee. Like, good for you, dude. I'm going to go kill a seal Bro. and a great white. 
probably will kill an actual blue whale and I'll come back later. <laughs> I do not care if I offend somebody by saying this, but if you're in a kayak out in the middle of the ocean around a bunch of whales, I immediately think you're an idiot. Like I get it. You're having this like amazing experience, right? That's yeah. fucking cool. And I think it's cool through my phone, the yeah. screen on my phone. But there's that video you've seen of that guy that gets fucking swallowed almost by a humpback trying to pick up a bunch of krill around him. Yeah. The like, humpback the dude literally has you. to. No, like, he doesn't fucking care. Bro, first off, you're trash, I'm not trying to yeah. be Jonah, okay? Yeah. If you understand that reference. <laughs> I'm not trying to be Jonah and the whale. Nope, because you're not fucking going to live in there and it ain't going to spit you out on the shore, first uh-huh. off. You okay. ain't talking to God either. But, dude, at least, at you least. have no fucking idea, dude. Like, yeah. I. I will say this because I, I, I'm like contradicting myself here because I would totally jump in a cage and swim around sharks like in the cage and like look at them. You know what I mean? But there's a barrier between me and these things and there's a mm. much bigger boat. It's not a ca- steel cage attached to a kayak. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck no, dude. But for real, dude, like I, I've gone out to San Francisco so many times and there's people like kayaking out like off the coast of like Alcatraz. You know what mm. I mean? And I know for a fact there's fucking whales out there because there's whale watching tours. Mm-hmm. You can get out of San Fran. You know what I mean? And that's cool. I would 100% do a whale watching tour. But I'm not getting my white ass in a fucking kayak and paddling out off the fucking shores of Alcatraz and yeah. fucking watching for a humpbacks I'm and right whales. I'm going to kayak in a fucking like, like, lake no, dog. <laughs> where there's no whales. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm a, for real, dude. I've kayaked it. Dude, it, but still, man, in Montana, like there could be like crazy sturgeon and shit that'll attack you yeah. for no fucking reason. Or gar. Like gar, mm-hmm. I mean, too. They get pretty big. But nah, dude. Fuck, I've seen dude. that and, video like, of even... a whale where like a dude, dude was kayaking. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Puget Sound. And it mm-hmm. dude's just going across. And like a humpback was in there. And his tail comes up. And the dude's trying to paddle as mm-hmm. fast as he can. Tail comes right down. It I think killed I've him. seen that. It just. He was dead. Oh, it killed like, the guy? I have not yeah, seen that video. Dead oh, on shit. impact, pretty much. That's a lot of weight. That sucks. I've like like I, I kind of feel bad for you, but dude, I'm sorry, man. You're playing yeah. with fire, dude. I am not getting in a kayak and kayaking well, across the ocean. Do you think those people True, good point. <laughs> Deep water. Let me fucking correct myself. But it's like those people, like you even see them like at the beach, like the actual beach, like in uh, like where I'm from, the Gulf. Uh-huh. And there may be like 30 yards off the fucking shore and they're kayaking i'm not even doing that either bro Dude. you seen those aerial shark aerial shots of like everybody in the water like right along the coast and, and they'll like circle all the sharks or something mm-hmm. yeah they'll circle all the sharks you know mm-hmm. what i mean they sell them as like souvenirs you can buy like look how close you are to a shark and um but no dude i'm I'm just not caught. You're not going to catch me kayaking in the ocean. I will go in the ocean. And I mm-hmm. also understand that I can go neck deep in the ocean or less and still get bit by something, you know, but I don't know, dude. I'm just, that's not for me, dude. And you, I, you ever seen a grouper too? Like some of those grouper get ridiculously big and yeah. Anyway, fuck those things. I personally just think that the ocean's scary. So like, I have a healthy respect for the ocean. Yeah, we don't know what's all in there, dude. We know more about. I'm still not 100 percent about the ocean. Yeah, we gotta start talking about like the the whole NASA conspiracy. I (laughs) I 100 percent still. I'm still not convinced that there's not like giant squid. Like, and I I don't mean like because yes, there are giant squid. Like I know they exist, but I'm talking like 
the Kraken, like those legends, you know, talking about like a what are those things called? Like like a sea monster. Yeah, a sea monster. They have an they have an actual word for them. They're um, a kaiju or whatever, like a giant sea oh, monster. I don't know. Is that called, a called is that like kaiju. a Japanese or Okinawan name? It's a it comes from Japan, yeah. But like that's what the okay. that's what like uh, ancient Japanese like fishermen like I'm talking like 1700s, mm-hmm. when they're like out at sea fishing and a giant squid would destroy their whole ship. They'd be like, ah, oh, kaiju, like. They, mm-hmm. So that's why, like, Godzilla is yeah, like, considered a kaiju, you know, a mm-hmm. giant sea monster is a kaiju. Yeah. Like, I definitely think that, like, listening to whales communicate in the middle of the ocean, like, at night when everything is still and you're just hearing these noises, I can see why if you're, you know, 15th century man, you know, from Portugal out here mm-hmm. exploring the world and you hear all that and you've never heard it before. You know, I could see why you'd think like, holy fuck, because if you've ever heard like whales communicating, like you can actually feel that in your body, you know, Did you know, so I can get why people would think like, oh, sea monster and immediately jump to some like ancient Greek mythos that they were aware of, you know what I mean? Like from the Odyssey or something, but it's, I think there's shit out there that we just don't know about and is totally scary. Do you know, like, majority of the blue whale... One, blue whales are considered, like, they're, like, on the endangered list or whatever. Um, Sad face. The, the, the largest mammal currently on... That we know of. Mm-hmm. Currently on the planet. Knew that. And, uh, um, yeah. But they uh, they disappear. Like, most of them, like, 90-something percent of them disappear every year for, like, a couple weeks. And we don't know yeah, where they I go. Yeah, I think you've said this before. Yeah. We don't yeah, know where they... that's fucking crazy, dude. We've even put, like, tracking, like, things on them. And those mm-hmm. won't even like they we they lose signal. We don't know like they must they're they have to breathe oxygen. They're not like normal fish who get it mm-hmm. from freaking like water. They're not breaking down molecules and breathing mm-hmm. that way. Um, so like the running theory is that somewhere in the ocean, either the Pacific or like every major ocean, there's got to mm-hmm. be like some super deep undersea cavern that just has oxygen in it. And they go there mm-hmm. and they think they go there to mate because it's very rare ever to see blue whales mate in the wild. And usually after mm. they disappear, they'll come back and then, oh, look, they're all pregnant all of a sudden. So it's like a it's like a thing blue whales do. They just, most of them disappear for a couple weeks out of the year to somewhere we don't know in the ocean. They Cave get, of the whale orgy. Yeah, they have a massive whale orgy and then they... That's why the water's so salty, probably. Is that annual whale orgy? <laughs> Could you imagine, though, a cave big enough like that with, like, an air pocket? Because they have to come up for air. They breathe air, right? It's, yeah. You have to have some yeah, sort exactly. of, like, air pocket. It's, like, but could it's you imagine? several. There's, there's no probably like one dark giant cavern. as fuck. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. light. It's got to be Unless dark Unless it's coming from, fuck. like, volcanic, but, like, magma or something, maybe. Because I'm assuming if it's got oxygen, it's got to be some under... I mean, the water itself from algae can make oxygen, but like it's got to be. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a combination of like underwater volcanoes and a whole bunch of other stuff, just creating enough mm-hmm. oxygen. And it's probably really enriched oxygen, I would assume. True. It's probably some of the freshest know, oxygen that's that wild, man. I... ever breathed. Yeah. Well, you can't breathe. We can't breathe pure oxygen. I don't know. We I can, doubt, but we get high. I doubt a blue whale really could. High. Like when you're on an airplane, well, you would, ev- would you eventually masks? die. Uh, would you no. eventually die if you were just breathing pure oxygen? I'm pretty sure you would. Uh, 
you can get brain damage, Google it. which have... would then kill you. No, I don't need Google. <laughs> I know the answer. Oh, okay. Zach you is can't, Google. You can't, because I've looked this up. You can't, uh, and I watch a lot of uh, airplane crash videos, so I know a lot about the It'd oxygen be alive, system. just be dumb. Yeah, just stupid. <laughs> is you that what they brain... do when you graduate from security forces tech school? They just no, pump a bunch of oxygen in the vents? Like yeah. your oxygen? <laughs> you just breathe your oxygen for 10 minutes? I'm ready. Speaking of oxygen and airplanes, um, mm-hmm. when they're like up at 32,000 feet, there is no oxygen. There's not enough oxygen up there for you to breathe. That's why they drop so you can breathe. But the cabin yeah. only has about 20 minutes of oxygen supply. The pilots have several hours, like eight to 10 hours of oxygen supply. They're on a different like thing. Um, there's oxygen bottles, like in certain the containers throughout and they can last like another like 30, 40 minutes. But mm-hmm. there was a, there was a famous airline crash. It was like Athens air or whatever has happened in Europe. And, uh, um, the plane wasn't pressurized properly. So when it got up to like 32,000 feet, there wasn't enough oxygen or whatever. And the pilots, um, didn't notice because they thought everything was running like normally. And they were getting like headaches mm-hmm. and stuff. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to, you know, you don your oxygen mask and then you're supposed to go down to like 10,000 feet immediately. It's why it's only like 20 minutes for like the, the passengers because you should be able to get to like 10,000 feet in like four or five minutes if you just do it. So that's what they're supposed okay. to do. And then they're supposed to just land immediately and keep everyone alive. There was an Athens air aircraft. The pilots didn't notice. They didn't put on their oxygen masks and they passed out. And then eventually oh, all the pilot, all the passengers, their oxygen ran out and this plane was, it was just a dead plane and it was flying um, on its own with, with like autopilot and everything. And it was intercepted by like some, it wasn't like U.S. military, but it was intercepted by U.S. military aircraft because they were like, yo, dude, like respond. And uh, the, it eventually crashed, but it crashed. One of the flight attendants had an oxygen bottle and was like using all of them. And they got this all from the black box recording too. So like he was the last dude alive on this plane of everyone dead. And he just was like cycling through oxygen bottles to try to stay alive. And he actually was able to break. He was able to break into the cockpit and he tried to land it, but he didn't know how. And he crashed into a mountain. Yeah. Bro, is there no communication like that flight attendants have the ability to like communicate to like a air traffic control tower or something? The only way to communicate air traffic like, controllers hey, is shit. in the cockpit. That's why the Malay so MH370, mm-hmm. the the main running like probable theory, right? That razor okay. thing, I can't remember was it um when, when the most, razor? Yeah. That um is that the pilot just decided to kill everyone. He was just mm-hmm. screw it. And he just killed everyone. And how he mm-hmm. did it is there's a there's a great video by Green Dot Aviation. You should go to that YouTube mm-hmm. channel if you like to watch airplanes crash. And he will break them all down for you. And he's really good at it, very analytical. But um he breaks it's like an hour long video and he breaks it down like minute by minute for like the whole um or hour by hour at least for like that whole thing. And all like the key mm-hmm. stuff for the MH370, and the running theory is that the pilots decided to kill everyone. And how he did it 
is he asked the co-pilot if he could get him a drink. So the co-pilot left, left the cockpit. And then when he left the cockpit, he just locked the door. Now there is a keypad that the co-pilot could get back in, but it can be overridden by the person in the cockpit in case like an enemy person Emergency. knew the keypad, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it just kept getting overridden. And the reason why that's the main running theory is um, when he was turning, the aircraft turned and it was going like over like a certain town, mm-hmm. the co-pilot's cell phone pinged a tower. And they determined that mm. the only way that that could have happened is if the co-pilot, one, had his phone out, had it trying to connect the data, and was like, during that turn, was up against the window, like, doing his damnest to, like, get a signal. So the idea is that the co-pilot oh, realized that the pilot took over. Everyone's dead on the plane because he depressurized the cabin, and he's using his mm-hmm. own oxygen. Co-pilot knows the oxygen bottles are, so he's, like, probably on his, like, last one or second to last one. So he's sitting mm-hmm. there trying to get a signal to like help me, but he didn't. And so then the actual pilot just kept flying. He's flying a ghost plane because everyone else is dead. And he just mm-hmm. took it off into the Indian ocean. Jeez. That is yeah. crazy. They've never found the wreckage or anything like that of it though. They found pieces of it up on like, um, like the not like uh, the like the majority of it though I mean yeah, like enough no. to like uh, do like some sort of like autopsy or yeah it's um, in where it eventually ended up is in such a like remote location of the world they'll never find it mm-hmm. it's gone forever yeah well I'm sure especially now with all the time that's gone on yeah it's been like but, yeah no that's a that's a pretty crazy I've heard some pretty wild theories even like alien abduction yeah it's like a video of like two orbs following it and like disappears and it's like okay sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) to me it's just like if you're traveling this far to get here this far or like you figured out how to like quantum leap here or some shit why the fuck are you just hijacking kidnapping aircraft you know what i mean like i don't know that doesn't make any could be a could be a senior prank for the alien civilization yeah I mean, how many times as a kid did you like get a stick and let an ant walk up onto it and just like walk away with it? Like you just abducted that ant. Just, you know what I mean? I've seen a I've seen a funny video where it's like, saying, like that's it. It's true. Yeah, I've seen a video where it's like a, this guy put down like like a like a piece of bacon or like a Twinkie or something next to like one mm-hmm. ant, and the ant likes like oh yes. So then the ant leaves like to go tell all the other ants mm-hmm. and he removes the food right so he's now gone so that all the ants like a couple minutes later all these ants show up and they're all moving around trying to find it and he's like ha that ant's always going to be known as a liar of the clan <laughs> oh man <laughs> i wonder if there's this sort of like ant system where they're like dude it's fuck like a Ted, bro. system <laughs> he's like how did i how did i come back with that delicious piece you're just a liar. There wasn't. I know, right? Yeah. You're just a liar. That yellowy sponge cake doesn't we'll exist. Never have it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fro- it's a phony. It's been rumored in our scripture, but we've never seen it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. The Church of Ted's Twinkie, Ted the Ant. He gets like executed. Whose turn is it, bro? <laughs> um, is it my it turn? Is my turn. I think. I've asked two. I've asked two as well. So like, it is your turn. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because you went first. All right. True, true, true. All right. Let's see. My question to you is, I'm trying to think if I should go funny or if I should go more serious. I think I'm going to go funny. Okay. I think I'm going to go funny. All right. 
This is this is like a quick would you rather. We'll see mm. where this one goes. Would you rather sleep with a super passable trans woman, right? Like you had no idea they were trans when you saw them, okay? Or would you rather sleep with like a dirty like 1730s woman who hasn't had a fucking river bath in like eight months. So super clean. There's a big pause. Yeah, because there, there's a <laughs> that's lot a big to, pause. Okay, there's a lot to consider here. Okay, is so, there? Okay, because someone asked me this question. It was pretty. It was a pretty easy answer for me. But I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. So like a 1730s woman, as in like bathe in forever so who knows yeah, that's what i'm saying like pick what it doesn't matter what year just like yeah yeah no, no access this is like medieval milan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. they haven't bathed forever super dirty who knows how many diseases or weird things going on use your imagination yeah so it could get pretty gross but then mm-hmm. the other person's just a man so but it is clean. It is clean. And it is uh it's like factory made. It's not like natural made. So it's probably like probably it didn't the... necessarily specify like pre or post op. Let's go oh. with pre. So it's pre op? So it's got Let's a do big both old... answers. <laughs> well both answers <laughs> I'm going with there's the a, evil woman. There's a <laughs> there's a hog there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's <laughs> wondering. Yeah, I just want to keep everyone on their toes. You gotta make people think. You gotta think right. it through. You gotta think it through. But no, that's that covering up man. his tracks. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, post op. I'm not sleeping with a man. It's it's got a vagina. They've got a vagina ish. Cool. There's something there. Everyone's got a hole. Doesn't mean I'm putting things in it. True. Good answer. Yeah. No. For sure. <laughs> um. I told. Uh, so my my wife asked me this question. That's how cool she is. And I, I said I was hitting that eighteen hundreds pussy. It's true, you have met her. I said I was hitting that eighteen hundreds pussy hard in the U.S. Hit Hiroshima. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that was my literal answer. Still American, so, I love it, <laughs> dude. Yeah, dude. Boom, your turn. All right. So this next one's not really a question. It's just I want stories, right? And I'll I'll, okay. I'll, I'll probably give a couple of mine too. But I want hmm. stories of punk Brandon. I punk want Brandon. Times, like, hear me. Out. I want times you just did whatever you wanted, minus any of the repercussions that could have came from it, and or how you got away with something. I pretty much want like like a dirtbag airman oh, Jesus. story. Does it have like, to be from the military? Because like, there's a it, lot of other dumb shit I've done. Yeah, it doesn't have to be military. I'm just like yeah. saying, like those are like to give you an idea of what I want. I want, I want punk, screw authority, Brandon doing whatever the heck he wants, gets away with it, scat clean, whatever it is. I want like one or two stories. Oh Jesus! <laughs> there's one that immediately com- there's one that immediately comes to mind. Okay. And, uh, bef- and this is when I was in high this, Before we go into this, mm-hmm. to anyone listening, these are all allegedly. <laughs> Everything's allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. I'm, li- I'm lying. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> for legal reasons. This is a joke. So this is this was uh, the first thing that came to my mind is normally the first one. Like when somebody asks me, like, what's the worst thing you've ever done? You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. in the vein of what you're talking about. Yeah. This always comes to mind. So for anybody who's ever been around the military, you are aware of the Stars and Stripes newspaper. And um, it's just it's just a newspaper. They have an mm-hmm. online edition and everything. And um, but when I was a kid, it was a pretty big deal. Like everybody on base, you could get the Stars and Stripes delivered to your your house every morning. I actually had a Stars and Stripes paper route at one point. Well, I, I helped a friend with his, I should say. Um, but anyway, I made the Stars and Stripes newspaper one time. By not name? by name. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. By by act. Okay. Because security forces and I probably OSI was was looking to the public for assistance. Okay. Um man. What's the statute of limitations on the destruction of, of government property? Which you allegedly um, did? There's no yeah, statute. Allegedly did this. Right. <laughs> I'm this is anyway. I made the Stars and Stripes newspaper. Because they were looking for the people who essentially destroyed the inside of a building um, and did like X number amount of damage. I'm not going to say where. I'm not going to say what building. Right. But that's definitely the most piece of shit thing I've done in the name of like punk Brandon. Just like getting my jollies off fucking having a jackass moment. Yeah. Um, definitely that. And, um, my parents almost kind of caught me on it. I mean, they're going to probably listen to this cause I'm cool. And both my parents listen to this. Um, I got asked about it because we were at the specific location near it and they saw it. Like, you didn't have anything to do with this. And I was like, no. Um, but they know now. They'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, do they know I made before, the news before this recording. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Oh, so they're gonna know like now now. Yeah. Like my brother knows. Mm. Like he knows. I've had this conversation. I actually think he may have been there at one point. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> was, he, was he a part of the hooligans? Uh, <laughs> I don't I really don't remember. I kind of think so. Um if I remember correctly. It's just kind of like it was stupid I'm 16 and just being completely and totally destructive was like I guess ecstasy for some reason. Um but that's probably the worst thing I've done like punk wise. I mean like I definitely I definitely did a lot of dumb shit in high school. Like I um I went out and drank very often because it was accessible in Germany. Mm-hmm. I was in a band in high school and ended up making friends with a lot of people who were like soldiers or airmen who were not that much older than me. You know what yeah. I mean? Because soldiers and airmen are like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And ended up doing and being at a lot of places that like my parents wouldn't have approved of. I mean, and I was, I was, I was like the typical skater kid with the big fucking DC shoes on. He was and, a skater boy. You know, boy. the fucking said, see you later. Boy. I was a skater boy. I would have done anything to go on a date with Avril Lavigne back then. Um, <laughs> the but, real, uh, not the, not the know, doppelganger they replaced her with. Bro, you, 
Oh, well, I actually know why she disappeared for a while and came back. Um, but yeah, man, I'm mean, playing, playing music, going over places, playing music, playing shows, getting drunk. Um, like I have another story that I'm definitely not going to tell <laughs> for a while. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, also too. in high school. Yeah. Uh, let me get out of the military first. Episode um, 150. Brandon's <laughs> no, 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 no. I just don't know if I'm ready to go down that road yet. Okay, um, okay. it's just funny, but it involves a lot of people. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Brandon has never been a very behaved person. Um, yeah. So, so what made me what made me think of this? Like, ask you this for, for like, a long time. I was like, mm-hmm. he's got to have some crazy. I was thinking to have like a more of a military-esque question, but it makes sense like why you don't want to maybe get into those yet because you're still in. A what? Say that again? Like a military-related question, like where you maybe like abused of power without realizing it or like did Mm -hmm. something and you're like, oh, crap. But then like... I'll tell you the story. Like, I'll give you this. Like, when I was a a gate guard, I, I took a lot of what the NCO that was over us at the time to heart like he's like, you like own this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, and having grown up in the military, I knew that like security forces, like for the most part, like you know what they say goes, kind of thing, and that people are gonna fucking listen to you. Don't mistake and, your um, rank with my authority. <laughs> I've definitely had that conversation with people. I the have first too. time I had that conversation <laughs> was with a was with a major who saluted me with his left hand at the gate because it was the it was the arm that was hanging out of the window. And he saluted me with it. And I reached out and I put my hand like on the open window. And I was like, you just saluted me with your wrong arm. And I was like, you need to, like, if we're going to, I have to render you a salute. Like you did not render me a proper salute. Back. Mm-hmm. Like that's, this is, you know what I mean? Cause it, I don't know for whatever reason it pissed me the fuck off. Like, and I'm an A1C. Yeah. He started giving me a bunch of fucking lip about it. And I fucking had none of it. And I've always been that person where I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm going to tell you what I think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's gotten me into hot water a lot. And I know you know that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, but one of the things I used to do all the time is if somebody was being an asshole, I would just waste their time. So You've you want to come up selected for a vehicle check. Not even that, bro. Oh. <laughs> like not even that. Cause that's where that's requires work on my behalf. Dog. Oh, yeah, you got to yeah. work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Hey, you see that little pull off over there. Yeah, just go ahead and give me your driver's license, your ID, just pull off, right? I'll come get you in a minute. I'll be right And with I would you. wait like <laughs> yeah, I would wait like 30 or 45 minutes and do absolutely nothing but check IDs and go and give them their shit back and tell them they were good to go. You want to waste my time, I'm gonna waste your time. And it required I, I kept doing what I had to do, checked IDs. Yep. But yeah, that's I mean, that's like a small example of uh of something. I can tell you a funny story though, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't I'm not going to use any names because I don't know where this person is. But for anybody who's listening to this, they may they and and you were friends with me back in the day. You'll know this. Um, I was at the gate one night and we just come on shift. I was on mid shift and it's me and two of my buddies and a kid I went to tech school with. Okay, had been in trouble since before we left tech school. Okay. Um, he did a lot of dumb shit. He was under investigation for a bunch of shit. And, um, 
he lied to us about a bunch of crap. He got in trouble with his flight chief for a bunch of crap. But anyway, if you if you are around the military, I don't know what other of the branches do. I feel like they're probably not that far off. But if you're working at the visitor center for the most part, or if you're like down, you can't arm, or you're under investigation, they have to keep you honest and make you work. But a pretty popular destination you're going to wind up at is either supply or the visitor center, mm-hmm. right? And um, this kid that we were friends with was working at the visitor center this one night. And um, there was a chief. I want to say he was a chief of FSS, but he had a daughter who was college age. And um, she still lived on base because she went to college in town. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody, like everybody who worked at the gate, like knew who she was because she was fucking smoking. And um, they're like always like, you know, like, oh, shit, there she is, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And um, I guess she had, was coming on base and she went to the visitor center because she had a, was bringing a friend on who needed a visitor's pass. And um, she went into the visitor center, got a visitor's pass, and then came through, right? Knew she was, showed me, did everything the, the way she was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just got on base. Like fucking 30 minutes later, my flight chief... The same dude who told who decided my fate forever, okay? The story I told you. Rolls up with the flight chief who was the former blue rope, okay? And they were like, I want to know what the fuck is going on up here. You know, and I'm like, I have no idea. We're all like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? That chief, that his his daughter. He parks behind the flight chief vehicle and walks up to the gate shack. And he looks at all of us. And he's like, which one of you sent my daughter pictures of your dick? And we're like, what? We're like, bro, no, none of us. Like, you know, like, what the fuck? Not a single person. Exactly, (laughs) dude. Okay. So he's like, she just went and got a visitor's pass. And we're like, those are issued across the street. Those are issued across (laughs) the street. You know what I mean? And uh, they're like, like swear, you know, and for real, like my flight chief was like, you know, like, yeah, what's the number? Blah, blah, blah. It wasn't us. And dude, they get, we have the fucking, you know, info. We're like, we know who's across the street. Okay. And we're like, fuck, what did he do? This dude has to collect all their information, right? Like contact yep. info, where they're going, mm-hmm. how long they're going to be there, all that shit, right? Thinks it's a good idea. Okay. And mind you, he's married too, all right? Gets this chick's information, thinks this'll get me in with her, goes into the visitor center bathroom, takes a picture of his wiener, okay, several, and sends it to her. She gets these unsolicited dick pics, mm-hmm. okay, which I'm pretty sure is a crime. May I don't know if it was back then. I think I'm pretty sure it is now, and it should be. And she goes to her dad, the chief, okay? And she's like, oh, my God. I don't know what the fuck she said. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. Yeah. He went right to the security forces, B-Doc. <laughs> That's literally what he did. Yeah. And uh, he yeah. got escorted uh, to the scene of the crime. <laughs> no, no, he did. And the end of this story is about fucking 20 minutes after they walked across the street and went into the visitor center them and airman snuffy come out in handcuffs and he gets put in the back of the flight chief's vehicle radio silence 
processing this person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the final straw for this person amongst many straws. Let's put it that way. It was like that bag of 200 straws at the grocery store. This was the <laughs> last one. Uh, yeah. we had an, there was an airman in one of the bases I was at who, you know, people come to the gate and you get all their information. There's something that you scan with D-bids and you know their name, all mm-hmm. that stuff. He would, uh, yeah. he would like wait a couple days. He would get information and he would like remember which ones were the cute girls. He'd wait. He'd like take a picture of the Davids thing, and then he'd wait a couple days, and he would like, which is illegal. Yep, and he would like find them on Facebook or like add them or whatever, or like find their Instagram we, and then chat them up. We had a kid like that too, and he was successful for a while until one of them finally was like, "This doesn't seem right," and then he got caught, and he's no longer in the Air Force. That was see you later. But like, yeah, it's like total. That's a Bad piece of power, all this type of stuff. Um, oh yeah, I have never done anything like no, that. I that, is, that, that is ridiculous. Yeah, all of my. So I'm gonna give three oh. stories. One's real quick. One's okay. kind of. You made me little... think of something. You made me think of something. So I'll go after you're done. Okay. So I'll, I'll do one. I'll do one. I'll do two stories, and then you do yours, and I'll do my mm. last one. So um, right. I have a salute story. So as Brandon knows, and probably most listeners knows, I can tend to be a very sarcastic asshole, or I'll do. No. <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'm very. Bel- I'll do what's called um, like belligerent compliance, where like I'll do what you yeah. told me to do, but it's gonna be like not the way malicious you compliance. It. Yeah, <laughs> malicious mm-hmm. compliance is what it is. Belligerent compliance, word. and uh, so. At my first base, right, like, almost every gate has cameras looking at the gate, which is always annoying because they're always looking, like, at the defender, not the actual, like, entrance of the gate. So it's like, that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. but whatever. So, Defeats the purpose of it being yeah, there. You obviously have to salute. It speaks every, volumes about what leadership actually cares about. You have to obviously salute every officer who comes through, yada, 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 right? Yep. Um, well, we would get the Marines, they only salute if they have their cover on. They're not going to salute mm-hmm. if their cover's off. And they don't salute when they're in their car. It's not a thing they do. So, um, Makes sense. When they drive up and it's a captain in the Marine Corps, I would have to salute. Mm-hmm. And then they wouldn't. And then they would leave. And then I would just drop my mm-hmm. salute or whatever. But they were uh, leadership was harping on that we weren't saluting appropriately because – if they don't return the salute, you have to hold it until they're like six paces past you. Like they wanted it done by the book. So I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I will do what you want. So there I am. Uh, and at this base I was at, there's a Marine camp, like not even like five minutes from this base. So like they're always coming in all the time because they work on the base or whatever. And so they would come through. I would salute. I would hold hand it back, you know, get them back their stuff or whatever. And I would turn with their car as they're like leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holding the salute and everything. And I'd wait until they got like past the barrier pretty much. And this would hold up traffic. It would slow up the line, like everything. You make them and, regret their decision. And it was amazing when I would get like three of them in a row, like a captain, captain, major. And the mm-hmm. line would be immediately backed up. Like all the way back. Yeah, 25 grams yeah. instantly. Uh, and uh, I Lunch remember time. I did that for like a couple shifts, right? Mm-hmm. And then we went on break or whatever, and then we came back in. And they had like the video recordings of me, and they brought it up in like training. And they were like, <laughs> they were like, 
Do not <laughs> so do awesome. Do not do what Airman Smith is doing. We know the Marines don't salute back. You see this fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't be a condescending asshole airman. Just do yeah. your job, salute who you're supposed to, and move on. What was funny yeah. is they never worried about salutes ever again, as long as I was there at least. <laughs> but, that's awesome. This, that was that's the, that's the short one. Second story. So when I was in Japan, Japanese culturally do not understand sarcasm well. Um, yeah. So, like, to them it's Germans lying. Too. Yeah, to them it's lying. They don't do it. It's not a thing that they, they do. So, when you're at the gate, you work with, there's always one, we call them CGs, contract guards, mm-hmm. Japanese local. Mm-hmm. They have a gun mm-hmm. and everything. They're just as certified as you are. And they're mostly there for actually, like, interpreter. Like, yeah. because you don't speak Japanese or whatever. Um, yep. But they're, the ones in Japan were great. They would actually work their full shifts and stuff, like, because we'd rotate around. So great work with all type of stuff. There was a guy, his name was Nagamine. He's like a 54, 55-year-old CG. He's done his whole life. It's all he's done is his job. And uh, he was real cool with all the airmen and everything like that. Um, this is when YOLO was huge. So like all the airmen always said like, YOLO, YOLO, YOLO. Well, he wanted to be a part of the American camaraderie. And he didn't understand okay. YOLO like at all. It didn't make sense to mm-hmm. him. Right. All right. It's sarcastic and it's like an American joke. So he wanted in. He's like, I got to be a part of this. So I'm at the (laughs) gate with him. We're working nights. And I kid you not, I spent like hours at this gate explaining YOLO to Nagumine until he finally got it. And I basically got it across as you use, you say YOLO, which means you only live once in a time when you do something that you shouldn't have done and it's kind of funny and it's sarcastic but you'd be like yolo and then you do it anyways. like when you vandalize a massive government building yeah you go yolo and yolo. You, it's like a, it's like a cop out right um, right yeah <laughs> so he was like okay okay so he was like my understanding of yolo is you do something you're not supposed to do but not something like crazy and you do it anyways it's like yep that's yolo mm-hmm. that's the main gist of it i was like do it with your friends and all that type of stuff he's like okay okay well there I am. It's not my shift to check IDs. I'm just kind of like spacing out or whatever. And then Nagumine, he's checking IDs. He comes running into the gate check, smile across his face, so excited. And he's like, Smith, I did it. I did YOLO. And I was like, cool, man. Like, what? yeah, like, what'd you do? And then out of the corner of my eye, behind Nagumine, through the door to the lane, there is an Air Force major, and he looks happy. very upset. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I was like, Mine, what did you do? What did you I do? Did, I, was like, I, did I was like, I did YOLO. I did the thing. And I was like, oh, my God. So I immediately stood up. I go out there. I was like, oh, hi, Major. How you doing? You know, like, salute pick. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, you're teaching the locals how to interact, I see. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, yes, sir. He's like. All right, well, could you hand me back my card, please? And I was like, I was like, uh, where is it? He's like, it's over there. And he pointed like away from the gate shack. It was like 30, like 20, 30 feet away, like across like the other like lanes that we had closed. I was like, yes, sir. Did you eat this dude's ID yes. card? So I ran over and got it back. It's <laughs> awesome. I gave it to him. He gave like, in to the intrusive thoughts we've all had. <laughs> 
I was like, have a good one, sir. And he's like, yeah, you too. And he left. He's like the only car we had like for like hours too. Cause it's like midnight, like yeah. two in the morning. And uh, yeah. I never heard anything from that major or anything. So I never left like that shack. He just understood what happened. And I look back at Nagami and he was like, what did you do? Solid. And, and he was like, I did YOLO. I, yeah, I thought, I thought it'd be like funny if I did something that you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to throw their ID cards. It's like, no, no, give me day. Bro, he did it, man. I was like, you are not. Hats off. Yeah. And so that's what he did. He he said he checked the ID and then he went YOLO and he he said YOLO to the major and he threw the card. <laughs> and then and then he came. I can't right. even imagine what this dude was thinking. Like just like looking at his windshield, like you know, like, what? <laughs> And then he came in super excited to tell me about it. And I was like, no, oh, that's did. epic. I told him he did a great job. I was like, you you mm-hmm. did it. Good job. Don't ever do that again while I'm working with you. And he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's awesome. What's your, uh, uh, you what's play, your story? You ever, well, now I have two. Did you ever play the ketchup packet game? No. At the gate? Mm-mm. So I used to have this this like running like challenge, rite of passage on my flight. Um and basically, you you had like like a ketchup packet you'd get from like the shop at or whatever, and it was like mm-hmm. little, little like Hunt's ketchup packets, <laughs> or it could, be, it could be a mustard packet or mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you took someone's ID card, you had the ketchup packet like tucked up in your your fingers, and when you gave them the the, the ID back, you like would going. like <laughs> raise your hand like over the top of the car, and you would drop the ketchup packet in the car and like hand them their ID back, and the challenge was to like. Dropped the ketchup packet in the car without him knowing. I was so good at this game, dude. Like I had a friend who had been in for like a year or so longer than me. And he was, he was already a senior airman. And like, if he got posted with me, like it had to happen like a couple times a shift. Like he would even ask like the patrolman, like, dude, you need to go to the shop at any aggression with a couple of ketchup packets. And I would, I'd fucking drop them in people's cars. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's so stupid, but like when you're out there for, fucking 12 hours and it's mm-hmm. negative 20 degrees out you know like you gotta I mean, do something, something to entertain yourself yeah 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 but i don't know that i love that game it's so dangerous too you know like why the fuck you just drop a ketchup packet in my car i've never got caught i did see, see i did see plenty of people get caught did I you ever like drop it in like thing a, with like like wing commander car or something you ever get it like like in a hard spot like a high important person mm-hmm. no i never did the wing commander but i did do the sfg chief one time um, that's, that's the highest like ranking person I did, but he was yeah. also like really fucking cool. And he would probably laugh if he had caught me. So I like felt kind of comfortable doing it. And he'd already like come out to the gate before and see me. And so like, he knew who I was. Um, but anyway, uh, one of the other favorite games I used to like is like you hold your own cat card, like in your hand and like you take there and you like kind of turn your body to like scan it with the scanner and you like hold up your ID card really fast you're like, this isn't you. And they just like glance at it real quick and they definitely know it's not them. And they're like, oh, and like start looking in their fucking wallet and shit for their that own one. ID card. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, oh, just kidding. Like, here's your ID. And they're like, what the fuck? I would and, uh, scan it sometimes because like, Debits would have it on the screen. And I would show them the Debits mm-hmm. thing and be like, what the? That's not you. You need a new card. And it's like me looking at him and like, it's oh, me on the screen right. looking at him. And they're like, <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> what? <laughs> How does that work? Huh? Yeah. No, all right. So the, the like actual story you made me think of, this involves the kid that got arrested in my last story. Oh. Okay. 
Yeah. The, the airman of so, many straws. The airman of many straws. <laughs> this dude, he had a Jeep. It was a nice Jeep. Okay. And um, he invited a couple girls from the state that he lived in to visit us. And um, they came up. And I actually only found out that they were there by like accident because he came through the gate with them in his Jeep and he was on another flight. Okay. Um, he was on like the night shift where we were the day shift. So we still had the same days off. And um, at this time for this story, he was still on flight. He comes through and he's like, oh man, he's like, and I was with my other buddy. He's like, you guys, you guys, you know, I rented a room at TLF for them. Like, you guys got to come over after shift and we'll, like, hang out. Because he was, like, on leave. Yeah. And I was, like, the day before, like, our <clears> three-day <throat> weekend. Okay? So, like, fuck. I mean, I was, like, a, a single airman. I was, like, fuck. Let's, yeah, that sounds fun. A TLF room. Like, I know what those look like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's got a kitchen and all that shit. So, we go over there. And, like, these chicks are definitely hoes. You know what I mean? And that's exactly why he, like, paid for them to come visit him. He had no money to do it. But he did it. And, um... So like we're all hanging out and my other really good friend, he gets this idea. He's like, dude, let's just like go drive around the dub and show him where we work. And we're like, okay, it's like fucking 9, 10 PM. Okay. Wait, you just said go drive around the gov? The dub. Oh, okay. The weapons storage area. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like 10 PM or somewhere. It's like dark outside. Okay. It's like late too. And this should just show you just how fucking new I was. This is very much not allowed. And those are private roads, patrolled by private roads, right? So we get in his FJ cruiser and start driving around. And like, you know, he like thought that just by showing these chicks the, the where we worked, you know, that like it was somehow like be impressive or something, I guess. So we drive all around the other side of base, past like the pond and past like Cadham. Which is where, for everybody listening, is where you go and fire. And we go to the back road and just start driving down the, this dirt road towards the WSA. And all of a sudden, this fucking Humvee just comes hauling ass up this hill at us, like coming, you know, the opposite direction of us, and like stops. And like the spotlight, like hits like the windshield, and we can see one of our friends, like we knew who he was, and he's just got this like fucking two forty nine pointed at us we're like oh shit bro yeah oh shit what the fuck because of course (laughs) we're we're not like just being idiots and didn't realize like i guess you can't do that you can't drive on the the road around the perimeter road around the wsa Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and um anyway we all get challenged and escorted and they realize who we were and of course, he offers up this completely and totally not valid explanation about pretty much trying to get some ass about why we were out there. Okay. And we get escorted back. And the patrolman that got escorted us back ended up coming to our flight like a couple months later. He's an awesome dude, too. But he's like, You guys are fucking retarded. Don't ever do that again. He's like, He's like, legitimately, he's like, I just talked to them out of fucking like arresting you. Like, he's like, You could have died, you fucking idiot. You know, like, and like, oh my god! Like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, the women and um, not at all, dude. It scared the Damn. shit out of them. And Damn. like, I had I didn't want anything to do with them. Like, cause like, I mean, this is like hose squared. And um, <laughs> we're at our next training day, and we are literally the reason why there's training about this. Okay, 
And my flight chief, the the one who used to be a blue rope, like in a very cool moment, okay, was like, yeah, don't be like those fucking dumbasses in the front row and take take your fucking ass around the, the WSA or something like that. You know what I mean? He's like trying to get some fucking pussy. And I, I like, I like turned around and looked at him and he's like looking down at us. It's not the reaction. I, I totally like was expecting to just get fucking demolished because I had seen him demolish people. Mm-hmm. And um, like the, the, this, uh, I know we're like just totally telling stories, but I feel like people enjoy that kind of shit. But yeah, this one, there was this kid on my flight. His name was Jones, but it's a different Jones than the one I told you in the story about before. And um, we're in the morning before posting. You're supposed to pick up vehicles for like posting reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, you need an exact number to fit the exact number of people you need to post with. It's very important, right? And we're missing one. And everybody in the morning, like the night before, you sign your name on the roster. You acknowledge, too, that you have, you're have you responsible in the morning. You pick a vehicle up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we're missing two. And he's like, he's like, who didn't get a vehicle? Like, turn around, like, yelling everybody in the armory. This kid took his life into his own hands, turned around and looked at him and goes, it was me. Like that. Like, what are you going to do about it, bitch? You know what I mean? Like, just like that. And I, dude, I watched this guy like Jackal and Hyde. Okay, like mm-hmm. it was like the the campaign hat. This is like etherealized on his head, <laughs> full knife hand. Like, like it looked like the sharks like coming up out of the water on Shark yeah. Week. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, "What the fuck, you fucking motherfucking piece of fucking shit!" Just, just teed off, and he walked this dude all the way around like the armory, like. What, as he was like leaving and just fucking yelling at him and when he came back and he's like got the vehicle and he's like set the keys on the fucking armory counter he's like i'm not fucking done you fucking piece of shit like fucking just did it ah oh, man so many ass chewing stories oh dude he was he was walking him around like fucking get the fuck out of here like that is yelling at him we had an airman prados in tech school he actually got kicked out of the air force in tech school because he was such a problem there's mm-hmm. a guardsman too, like not acting dude or anything. And uh mm-hmm. our our uh our tech school instructor, uh Staff Sergeant Gonzalez, I think. Is that the Gonzalez? I think yeah. sure it was Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Fired up dude. Like dude was always like yelling, always like super A type personality. Always like if you were whispering something, he just assumed you were talking shit about him. So he just interject and like interrupt you or whatever. And just mm-hmm. always in everyone's business. Well, he was ripping in a Prados because like Prados failed like his second test that week. So we're all sitting mm-hmm. there and he's just ripping into Prados and Prados just goes, man, screw this. So he just leaves like that's, it's, that doesn't happen normally, but he's solid. He just leaves the training classroom and starts going down the hallway and like there's windows you can see out into the hallway and mm-hmm. uh, staff Sergeant Gonzalez just is just following him, yelling at him. Like, it was just like, it was a, <laughs> Prados is just still going. And you can hear Sergeant Gonzalez, like, in the hallway. And you can, like, follow the them where they're going, like, because you know the building layout. So you can still yeah. hear them. And it would get, like, a little faint. And then it went away. And we're all just sitting there. And the other instructor's like, well, that was interesting. And he just, like, continued to teach or whatever. But then mm-hmm. it came back. You could just start right. hearing it again. And then Prados mm-hmm. came back in and he, Prados is like super irritated. You could tell because like this guy won't leave him alone. He just keeps like 
knife handing him and yelling at him to wherever yeah, he goes. Yeah. And Prados finally like goes, All right, enough. He just screams. And then oh, shit. Prados just sits down on the floor. And Soren Gonzalez just continues to he just keeps going and going and going. And it went on for like I feel like 10, 15 minutes. It just didn't stop. Jesus. Yeah. And uh yeah, we didn't see Prados like after that week. Like he was gone. <laughs> but like it was like Jesus Christ. Just followed him everywhere. Prados told one of his buddies that like he went into the bathroom and like went to a stall and the guy was still yelling at him, like on the other mm-hmm. side of the stall. And then Prados yeah. got up, left the stall, like tried to pee, couldn't pee, and like like he was just doing all this random stuff to escape Sergeant Gonzalez. Sergeant Gonzalez was not letting him get away. Like he just Jesus. kept going and going and going. I'll tell you one more story and then we'll get back to questions. Uh, we could totally have an episode of stories. Good. But when I when I was in tech school, um, at Camp Bullis, you anybody who's security forces or who's been at Camp Bullis will know there is a commemorative statue to Lieutenant Helton, who mm-hmm. is a security forces lieutenant who was KIA. And um, I was at Camp Bullis in tech school when that um, the like unveiling and commissioning of that statue was like unveiled there at, at Bullis. And like we had to part, be part of the ceremony and everything. But the night before everybody knows what's going to happen. So all of all, everybody's rope, like taking accountability of everybody and you know, the, the, what is it? What are they called? MTLs like freaking out. Like I need to mm-hmm. make sure hundred percent accountability because we all need to be here in the morning. Well, one of the kids on my fucking tech school team did not come back for like, he just was not there. And we're like, I don't know where the fuck he was. You know, no one knows where he is. And uh, there's like, well, we're going to wait until morning accountability to see if he shows up. This was the instruction from the MTL, which I and now in hindsight, I feel was probably not the right answer. Okay. Morning, like accountability, it's like zero five and he's not there. So he's like freaking out. He like wanders off with like... um like one of the like bullish SF instructors. And um, so we all ended up like going to breakfast, doing PT and then you know, showering and getting in blues and reporting to the, um, the DFAC where the, the, the Lieutenant Helton statue is. Yeah. So many, so much brass from like Lackland is there. There's like people who are like, like legends in the security forces community who are there. Okay. In the middle of the ceremony, this kid, I swear, dude, on my life, bro. This kid pulls up in the parking lot. If you know where the DFAC is, there's like those like dorms. Yep. This is like down the road from like where they like everybody's like camping, right? Camping. Mm-hmm. He pulls up in a fucking taxi, gets out. He's wearing like a combo of his like AFPTU and just walks over to formation. All these people, all these like, Civil leaders, generals, all of the tech school brass is watching this kid do this. He like walks through them too, and, and too, like right in front of him or something. Like he was in the back and like walked down the hill and like kind of walked to the back of the formation. <clears throat> and I don't want to say his name, but he he's um he's a pretty big deal security forces. He was a, he's a full bird colonel, really cool. Was there, and he fucking watches this, and I hear him like he's like talking to himself because he was talking to like me and a couple other people before like the ceremony for like we had like, just asking us about like who we were, where we were from, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
He's like, who the fuck is this? And we're like looking him like, oh my God, it's X, Y, and Z. And he's like, that's on your team? That's the missing kid? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, oh my God. Dude, he fucking walks up and just fucking, he's like, come with me. And just walked him like behind the building. And like, you just like see like turns and like makes eye contact with like random fucking people. And they all just like walk around the building. Last time I saw that kid. Same just I swear to God, bro. Like I he's know dead. he got kicked out. I don't know where he went. No, he's he was out. I remember like getting a Facebook request from him oh. like one point. But he's like yeah, that was it. Statue. That was the last time I saw this for real. No, like that was the legit. The last time I saw him was him disappearing around the corner with this Fulberg Colonel with all this like you know fr- fucking fruit salad up to his clavicle. And uh but yeah, anyway. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't a pleasant experience. Oh no. yeah. Oh, Dude, it was it's just like the biggest fucking faux pas you could you could make. There's like the only thing there's nothing made it you could say to get naked. out of that. Yeah, there's nothing you could say to get out of that too. Oh, no. Like you're screwed. You're a wall, you're a wall, and you show up to a commemorative statue for a lieutenant a who was defender. killed in action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I said, the only thing that could have made that worse was if you walked in naked. Like for real. Yeah, <laughs> that bad. All kinds of shit fucked up, bro. Yep. Anyway, all right, your turn. No, it's no, my turn. That's it's your turn. All that. You're right. You're right. You're right. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep it. Why do you think people are discouraging um, others from going into military service? Um. So, I have seen that. So, in my time in recruiting. I actually very rarely, very rarely ever came across someone saying like to someone else, like don't join the military because it was honestly mm-hmm. usually like, it'd be like uh grizzled Marines who'd be like, don't join the Marine Corps, join the air force. Like that's usually what you'd mm-hmm. get or whatever. But I would, I'd very yeah. rarely seen that in the actual recruiting realm. I do know that like a lot of people, I do have friends of mine who are like saying, um, we were saying that like, uh, you know, don't join the military because, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. And there is a large influx of people not joining today for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, but I don't really know. Cause like, what do you think those reasons are though? Pay disparity. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it being, but I mean like, that's that's always existed, you know what I mean? And it, it gets making up for with like free education and room and board, you know? Yeah, but even that's not a good benefit anymore. Like uh Taco Bell. Okay. If you become a crew member at Taco Bell, mm-hmm. they will pay for your associate's degree, regardless of what college you go to or mm-hmm. what it is. So the Air Force's whole like, oh, when you join, you immediately get enrolled in community college mm-hmm. the Air Force and you get an associate's degree by existing pretty much. You know, have to do a couple core classes. It does not corner the market. But like Taco Bell does that now. Like McDonald's is in talks to do it. Like there's a lot of benefits that the Air Force or the military as a whole like had for like a long mm-hmm. time that in the last like five-ish years is not like um, something to incentivize someone to join you instead of working at Taco Bell. Like mm-hmm. and they in recruiting they always say like, well you gotta find their actual why. The need behind the need, blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. if you actually go through like recruiting school and you learn their actual tactics, 
to everyone in recruiting, minus the recruiter, and even sometimes the recruiter still falls into this, that person is a number. They're not a person with a want or a need. They're a number that needs to fill a slot today. That's pretty much Mm -hmm. what they are. And the tactics that they teach you is actually pretty, like, very, very crummy, scammy. It's used card salesman like. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a lot of benefits to the military. You're not, like, you're not ruining these people's lives per se. Some people, I would say, you are. Um, There's some people who, like, you know that they're going to be the Prados and they're going to get kicked Mm -hmm. out or they're like, they're not going to make it or whatever. And you already know that before you even put them in, but you still put them in. But um, I guess what I was kind of getting, so like the tactics that they teach us to recruit with is yeah. Find the need behind the need, but then abuse and use that need to convince them to join the air force. It's very malicious. It's kind of like a Stockholm syndrome in a way. It's like, Hey, you need money because you can't like afford your current lifestyle. Cool. Well, we'll pay you this amount of money and your bills will be typically less because you'll be in the dorms. You've got to worry about rent. You don't got to worry about utilities, like all types of stuff. You don't got to worry about food. So the money that we pay you is all pocket money, which is not a lie. It's just a very misconstrued truth, right? But then slightly predatory. Yeah. But like when you you finish that, and then you know all these applicants like deepest darkest like desires and secrets typically like you're very you know a lot about them but they know almost nothing about you so you like hold all the power in the relationship like completely and so how you're taught to recruit is you figure out what their like ultimate thing is that they need regardless of what it could be And then over the course of their enlistment, which usually takes months, usually the fastest I've ever put someone in was like a week. And that's very rare. In today's recruitment world, it takes the recruitment process is one to like four months typically. But in that time, they're going to have concerns and issues, all type of stuff. But you are taught as a recruiter to convince them that whatever problem or concern or desire that they have can only be solved by the United States Air Force. There is no other way that they can do it. And if they even bring up of another option, you super downplay it. You make them seem like an idiot for even thinking about it. And you just twist everything they say to back to, it's the Air Force. It's the Air Force. It's the Air Force. Like, that. I hate recruiting. I, I really, really do. Um, I did not recruit the way the Air Force wanted me to recruit. I refused to do it. And there were definitely applicants who I knew, yeah, they would fill the number, but I was not putting them in. Like, I just, I wasn't doing it. And I, I think other recruiters should be that way. And I'm proof that you can still meet the ridiculous quota slash goal the Air Force is going to put on you and still maintain your humanity as you do it. But it's like... I know like the recruiters that are making like like gold badge, which is like a really high tier recruiter, or the recruiters who are putting in like two hundred, three hundred percent of like their goal, they're doing it because they have been warped to see every applicant as a number. They're not people to them anymore. They're just numbers. 
and I know that's that the uh, my tangent took us way off kind of what your question was, but like there's no, a lot of part of the process. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why people are told not to join the military today. And I'm not saying not to join the military, but I'm also saying not to join it. I think mm-hmm. you should get a lot of perspectives. I put both my younger brothers in the military, but I didn't actively recruit them. They came to me and asked me questions. One of them is a security forces member. Security forces is like probably one of the most hated job in the Air Force by its members. Um, And when he was asking me questions, I just told him straight up what it was like. Like I didn't sugarcoat Mm -hmm. any of it. I told him, I was like, look, you're going to set a gates forever. You're going to do very mundane tasks for months on end. You might have to work 90 days in a row because one airman messed up the inspection for the entire wing. Like these are things that could happen. And even after all that, he was like, I still want to do it. And I was like, cool, let's go. And I've supported him and helped him and with that the whole time. And he's a great airman. And he's a I great I think that's defender. one of the things. If I could just interject real fast, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why when like when I've listened to Aaron Trent and Peach's talk on One's Ready, they're so upfront about what to expect as far as like the ass, absolute ass blast that you're going to get when you get mm-hmm. there, and how you're going to be made to want to quit, and that's the entire goal because you know you're sharpening iron with iron, and yeah, you know, you listen to them and they don't sugarcoat anything. They tell you flat out, there's no hacks. Here's what you should prepare for. And first off, too, like one of the conversations they recently had on One's Ready was about how the information out there about what NDOC or the rest of those pipelines for special operations are like is it's just out there. You can go find out what's going to happen on what random day during this training event, you know, or whatever. And now more than ever, you have access to that information. And 30 years ago, you didn't. You may hear from somebody, like you get to the pipeline and you hear somebody ahead of you talk about it, or you may run into somebody who's been, you know, but you had to go into it blind, you know, mm-hmm. and for the most part. And how, you know, that information, having that, it still doesn't really change whether you're going to do it or not, because if you're out there, still asking questions. Do you think I could do it? Do you think I could be, you know, the first person to this, the first, whatever X, Y, and Z, like the only way to know is to go and do it, you know, even with all that information out there. But I, I think that's one of the things that I like so much about them when you listen to them. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be that the entirety of those special operations career fields are like this is, they're going to, they'll tell you fucking flat out. It's going to suck. Like what you were talking about Yeah. here are like, they're not going to give away the ship, so to speak. You know what I yeah. mean? But like, yeah, bro, we're going to fucking, we're going to drown proof you. We're going to beat the shit out of you with, you know, no known distance, no known time runs, you know, all this other crap we're going to do to just make you want to quit. And it's just security forces is not like that. And I hate that about it because it does get painted as a, an equivalent way to go from, you know, being a civilian to having law enforcement experience and then going into a career in civilian law enforcement. I would never tell somebody now on the street, yeah, join security forces, get some law enforcement experience and go. Could you wind up with legitimate law enforcement experience? Yes. Could you also wind up watching a fence for a decade? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you're not 
law enforcement at all. You just you're a security guard or whatever you end up doing. This is cool shit you can do security forces too, for sure. But I would never, and it's not even just because there's a chance that you may not wind up a law enforcement professional and you wind up a security professional. It's because the level of training you're going to get, the level of equipment you're going to use when you become a cop, a Air Force cop, is not the equivalent to a civilian police officer, civilian very police department. Reserved, you know, I've noticed. Well, it's more reserved. It's also very antiquated. Mm-hmm. You know, finally, a lot of squadrons are getting the you know digital fingerprint capture, but a lot are still using cards. And I know there's certain situations where you have to use cards, but that's just one example. I presented this idea a long time ago. I did all the legwork. Hey, here's how we can get all this shit in these vehicles to make these patrolmen more autonomous and to make them, you know, get some experience and kind of feel like they're real police officers. Not doing that. It's a trust issue, right? Mm -hmm. Shut it down. There's a reason. Crap. There's a reason why police departments specifically do not hire 18 year olds fresh out of high school. They don't. Absolutely. It's not a yeah. thing. I think like the, I think the minimum age is like 21 usually. It's like 21 or 22. And most of the time they yeah. require some type of college or like an associate's degree. Like that's like usually or like a pretty extensive work history probably. Yeah. Or military service. Like it has to be mm-hmm. like they're not hiring 18 year old. But you could well, join the security thing forces. You could be 17 technically. You could be 17 years old. Because if you if – you, I put in a kid. He didn't go security forces, but I put in a kid who graduated a year early. He joined at 17. If he went security forces, he would have been like 17 and a half years old driving around on a base with a gun being the cop. Like that's a realistic possibility. But like it is. The- I mean and let's, and let's be fair too, right? Like for the most part, if you're that old and you're a brand new airman, you're not a patrolman. You're doing True. all these other things before you do that, right? But it could happen, like you said. You don't know what, what I was getting at there with that there is like, so my buddy, my high school friend, Frankie, he's a cop, uh, works mm-hmm. like North Idaho, works, he's, a, he's a deputy. That dude in one shift will draw his gun several times. Like, That's crazy. several times. Most cops do. Most cops will draw their gun 10 to 15 times a shift. It just like what they're dealing with. But like in security forces, you draw mm-hmm. your gun, they're better yeah. than like a life or death, like super dire, like the president's about to die and nukes about to be stolen, like consequences. Godzilla's that. coming. Yeah. And I think that's where and that's what I was getting at is you have a lot of very young individuals in security forces who are not ready for, I guess, the maturity level to be a cop, regardless of how the Air Force thinks they've trained you to that point. I don't care. Mm-hmm. There's, you're not thinking well enough to be in the law enforcement like aspect. And I've argued – so the security forces used to be split. It went mm-hmm. join like that. Well, they're, going, they're going to do it again though. Yeah, and I think they That's should. The plan. There Agreed. should be a distinction split. And I would argue mm-hmm. the law enforcement side – is not a, it should not be a job you can come in right in as an 18 year old. I don't think you should. It should be like an OSI position or chaplain assistant. It should be something that like you come into security forces and you're the security. And once you've proven that you're not an incompetent retard, you can apply to be the cop shred. And yeah. then that's your job. 
Yeah. I mean, they should, that's a decent filter, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could think of some other things to like kind of improve, like maybe build on that, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it. you kind of brought up another point too, is that the the sort of like trust that you're going to give somebody to go and do that job nine times out of 10 doesn't exist anyway, you know? And so you're not going to get a very even spread on what sort of responses you may get or things you may end up being at. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there are so many people who just don't have experience. Even when you get to, you know, become an NCO or a senior NCO. I'll say this, man, like just by virtue of where I've had the privilege to be stationed, I have a lot of experience, but that is just random. It happened mm-hmm. because of the luck of the draw, you know? Yeah. I would argue we my had, career has been very lucky with the opportunities and places I've been right. to. Yeah. And when I, let's, for example, man, like, you know how many times like I met a cop who was a new cop their whole career and they're a tech sergeant and they've never filled out law enforcement paperwork. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that a hundred times and I've got A1Cs on my flight who are teaching a tech sergeant how to fill out law enforcement paperwork. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's fantastic, you know, but it's just one of those things you could wind up that in that situation. It's also yep. why like I've, I've actually, I don't have any desire to be a cop in the civilian world at all. But I have looked just like at the opportunities. Most civilian police departments will not let your military service count to where you don't have to go to their academy. The only time I have literally is if you're a recruiter tell me that it's. What do you mean? The Leosa credential, the um, Mm -hmm. like you're a federally certified like police officer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not every security forces member just gets that. You have to like apply for it has to be command sanctioned and most commanders don't give it to like their airmen at least yeah no they recognize that but what i'm saying is is they don't let your military service be in lieu of a police academy yeah no military service doesn't but there are so like i know california is really restrictive about it so is new york state but every other state if you're a leosa holder and because there's Mm -hmm. leosa in the navy the marines the army as well. Mm-hmm. If you're a Leosa credential holder, you do every other state except California and New York, you can waive the police academy. So that actually is a thing. But you have to be a Leosa holder. You cannot it's, be a I'm fairly certain that Florida doesn't do it either, because I looked at Florida. Florida won't you can't just say I was a security forces member for a certain amount of time and then they just waive the I mean, we, we, I mean, you can look it up if yeah, you want. You have to I know be California for sure. You have to be a Leosa holder for like several years. It's not like a because you, you could be a security forces member for ten years and never got your Leosa. Well, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, like, I know for a fact California won't because I literally had a recruiter for the the San Francisco Police yep. Department tell me that my it doesn't matter. Yep. But I, I've looked at, I have looked at Florida, and I know too that you. I didn't see anything about Leosa, so I would have to look it up. But yeah, that you're. But I do know from listening to other police officers who have come to like events or whatever, you cannot, they're not just going to waive your, um, you know, your requirement to attend the academy because of your military service as a, mm-hmm. a military police officer. Yeah. And I literally, this guy literally told me it's because they know for a fact that the standards are not the same and that the level of training you're getting in the military is not where they want you to be. 
And that's the point of what I'm making. I would even caution police departments, like say like you're going to hire somebody who's Leosa. Like that don't mean a fucking thing. Like I've seen what the process is to get your Leosa. And that don't mean, that don't mean shit. Maybe if you've attended, there's supposed to be very specific record things you're supposed to do. That's like not normal for security forces member, but those just get ham jammed. You're, your train the trainer guy goes into your freaking training just goes, yeah, sure, I did that. Yeah, and you're I was going to go. say, maybe if you've like attended, attended like Fletzy or something mm-hmm. like that, maybe you, you could do that. And I know you can because Fletzy's you know, the federal law enforcement training center. It's not just mm-hmm. for military. You can be federal, right? But yeah, no. I, and I, I all I was getting at is I completely agree with him for not just handing out a law enforcement badge as a civilian police officer just because somebody was a military yeah. member and a police officer. And I've had to have this hard conversation. Just purely based on that. I've had to have this hard conversation with recruits because, like, they'll go, like, speak to the Army. The Army will be like, oh, you want to be a cop? Well, come join us. And your military service will become a cop, whatever. And then they'll come talk to me. And I'll be like, no, you have to have very unique credentials for that to work. And it's kind of very specific. And some states, you're still going to have to do some type of things or whatever. And almost every police department is going to put you on, like, a. Um, What's it called? A uh, like probationary? Yeah, you'll be like on a probationary period. So like, yeah, you might skip their police academy, but they're still going to put you through like a one month or like a several week locality course, and then they're going to mm. put you on probation. And actually, most, at least like local PDs and stuff. They tend to not like taking cops from the military because one, use a different phonetic alphabet. You you respond to things differently. Like military doesn't use ten code. Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of different things. And if you've done that for years, it's hard to unlearn it and learn the new thing. So like, yeah, that's also kind of difficult too. Um, but yeah, I've had this. I've I've had conversations with people like, man, I really want to be a cop, and I saw security forces in the air force, and I'm like. That's cool. However, you could also just maybe do finance and then get yelled at by, you know, Brandon when you mess up his pay and you can still be a cop afterwards. And you will. It's perfectly fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You could wind up with some good law enforcement experience and it's going to count as experience and you should count as experience anyway because you're still dealing with people you're still learning what that's like to deal with shitty situations. And so you're going to be mentally prepared for those things. Yeah. But like the specific training, tactical operational training is not the same. And it's not on the air force is not on the level of civilian police departments anymore. So that lateral transfer, there just isn't a thing is is what I'm getting at. So to go back to your actual question of like, why do you like joining the air military or why people aren't or whatever? I just want to say that, and I used to say this a lot when I was in recruiting. Um, life is going to eject you from school, like out of high school, as if you just got like kicked off an airplane. Like mm-hmm. you were at 30,000 feet and it just kicked you off the airplane. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how wherever you land, how you land is based off the decisions you make. Um, but what I will say is you need to find your parachute to ease your landing into life. Mm-hmm. And it could be college, could be the military. It could be just going straight into the workforce, but whoever's listening, if you're like teetering on the idea of joining anything or what you're doing after high school, think about what's the best parachute for you. Because 
You don't want to hit the ground like really freaking hard. And you also look into stuff because you don't want to put all your stuff into one parachute because I've had a pretty good Air Force career. I don't have anything in your parachute. Yeah. I don't have much ill will towards the Air Force or whatever. But I know of people who have not had a very good Air Force career and it's ruined their lives. Like, because the Air Force can be very invasive into your personal life and a whole bunch of other stuff. The parachute that you think you might be getting might be no parachute. And there's no Mm -hmm. reserve either. So just do the due diligence to look everything up. Is the military for everybody? No. Does it have pros? Yes. Not meant to be for everybody. Yeah. But if if you're going to join the military, just know that you are a number to the grand scheme of whatever service you're joining. You might be a person or a friend or a coworker to like your local like unit or your flight or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, you are a number and the air force and any other branch is going to get everything they can out of you. So you might as well, you get everything you can from them because if you join. If you join, yeah. Yeah, like I said earlier, this spinning, fiery Ferris wheel is going to keep spinning when I step off it. So, Very anyway, true. I think it's a good place to wrap up, man. Same. Wrap up with a cool. spinning, fiery Ferris wheel. <laughs> That's right. Well, as always, everybody, thank you for listening. And um, you know, please support us by hitting that subscribe button. Another great way to support us is by supporting our sponsors. Um, head on over, get yourself some cool merch uh, or some MMA gear from Redefine Violence Sheep's Clothing, and get yourself some awesome coffee from Skull and Crossbeans. Please uh, show our support by supporting our sponsors. All right, guys. You have a good night, Zach. You too.